Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast and yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mates Happy Hour podcast. We are here at the bright yellow table, and the man to my left is usually big stinky boy Stevie White, but he mm. is not here. He had a car to pick up. Mm. That was his... like baller, isn't it? Really? <laughs> well, that was his excuse. I can't come. I've got to pick my car up. Can you just reschedule that? <laughs> Why am I here? Surely you can just reschedule that. Maybe he didn't like our guest, but we won't bring the guest in just yet. <laughs> Alfie, you, um, you're Donny van der Beek, usually. Yeah. But then recently we said, no, that you, you've changed a bit. You've had a bit of a run in the first team. Mm. Garnacho. Now, you're in the starting 11, boy. Yeah, I'm doing all right, aren't I? <laughs> so I've impressed. Uh, well, I don't know. We need, a, we need... Had a good run that is now becoming... The, the, one of the main dogs, yeah. one of the main dogs, yeah. but has a potential for an error and could easily slip back out. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Any any game. I really want to get... Garnacho's like cemented his place in the team, hasn't he? I don't know. He's too... He's too Rotation. Fl- he's too flash for you as well. Yeah, he is. You've got to be someone who's unassuming. Yeah. P- potentially a defensive midfielder. Okay. We'll come back to it. Today <laughs> today on the show, we have Sky Sports presenter, and I hate to say this, guys, but Tottenham fan. Oh, it's yeah. Smithy. How are come you, on mate? Come on, Spurs. I'm good, mate. How are you? Mate, you're looking very, very well. Thank you. Likewise. Mm. I feel very honoured to be on here, actually. I was looking at the list of guests, and I obviously listen very regularly. Uh, Thank you, And mate. I'm not in that level of a lot of them, so I feel very honoured yes, to be I, sat I here. I cannot <laughs> turn my YouTube on or Sky on without seeing your face these days. No, thank you. I'm busy. It's, I, can't, I can't complain, mate, yet. What, what's, what's your most enjoyable thing at the moment? What, do you, what are you Ooh, really loving? Uh, I am loving uh, Saturday Social is in its fifth season on Sky, uh, and I do love hosting that show because mm. we get a mix of influencers. You've been on in the past, uh-huh. uh, YouTubers. We sometimes get ex-players on, and we have really good debates. And within the show, I get to interview some huge names from the Premier League as well. So there's a really good variety in that, and it, it seems to be uh, well-received at the minute. Mm. So uh, of everything that I do do, Saturday Social is something that I'm, I'm quite proud of, considering it did start as a startup five years ago. Yeah. And when any, Whenever you start anything up, I imagine it was the same with your podcast. You never quite know. No, I still don't know if this is going to be. <laughs> well, you're doing all right. Yeah. No, that seems like so much fun, that show. Uh, yeah. It seems like the dream job. But you do have to work with Thogden sometimes. That's all right, Wynn. Wow, mate. poor Thogden. <laughs> Wynn mates with Theo. He's been on here a few times. Now, Smithy, uh, we always start in the same way, mate. We always yep. ask the same question. I want you to imagine a mythical place called the Happy Hour Hall of Fame. Yeah. In this 
Hall of Fame. We submit items. Each guest gets one item. It can be a place, a person, a feeling, a thing. What would you like to be forever immortalised in the Happy Hour Hall of Fame? Easy answer, Marmite. I'm obsessed with Marmite. I wow. think I've eaten Marmite every day of my life. I had it this morning, yesterday morning. I had it three times the day before. Um, it's so much so that on my actual <laughs> wedding times? day, my, my mummy my had, a, had a, a, a bagel for breakfast, if you must know, and then yeah. I think I had maybe twice, but I definitely had some Differing toast with meals. Marmite. In the evening as well. Oh, I see. So much so on my wedding day, because my mum used to make me my mum's sandwich till, till a very old age. It's a bit embarrassing. But on my wedding day, my mum actually brought some Marmite sandwiches in case I went too long without eating because she didn't know the time frame. But yeah, wow. I love Marmite. Wow. I'm obsessed with it. They do say you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, and I love it. You're firmly in that camp. <laughs> about you? You don't mind it. Uh, <laughs> I'm ambivalent towards it. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, um, on Spotify, we have to like do ad reads sometimes for products. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at the moment there's a Marmite one going around. <laughs> so if someone's listened to this, there'll be a lot who have listened to this and yeah. they've had to listen to a Marmite read. And now it just seems like you're being paid. <laughs> I would love to do a Marmite read. Other brands do exist, but the best brand in terms of spread, I, I love it, mate. Yeah. Do you like Twiglets? It's a good... I don't love Twiglets, even though they are Marmite flavoured. Mm. Yeah. It is, wow. it is weird, that, isn't it? I'll eat a Twiglet, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm partial to a Twiglet, but, yeah, I just, I do love Mama. And, and to the point where I'm quite fussy with sandwiches, I used to ask guests what sandwiches you'd have yeah. and things like that, and I don't tend to go into a petrol station and buy many sandwiches, but I'll always, they, I'll always, I'll always have I'll either pack a Marmite <laughs> sandwich or eat a Marmite sandwich before I came. I had a Marmite bagel this morning. <laughs> wow, Marmite bagel's not, have you had the cashews? The Marmite? Marmite, yes, infused, I have. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely. I go for a pack of them a week. Do you know easy. what though? The Marmite crisps, I'm, I'm not mad on because you can get Marmite flavored crisps. You can get Marmite nuts. Right. You can get Twiglets. But it, uh, uh, if you ask me what specifically I like, it is the Marmite. The yeah. Wow. Yeah. You a Twiglet boy, Elf? No, I can't stand them. I love them. I just don't. Who do you get like Marmite? Not uh, <laughs> Fee. Do I like Marmite? No. <laughs> you had to ask if you like Marmite. But, but you like Twiglets. Twiglets, yeah. So, right, this is not going to make any sense. I'm going to come across a bit mad, right? Yeah. But there's some foods in life where I love biting down really hard on them. <laughs> so aggressive. The way okay. That. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. And with these porcelain teeth, I should not be doing it. <laughs> but Twiglets are one of them. I love when I get them in the back. Is it the molars at the back? Uh, I love. What, all crap, what should, Yeah. All okay. It gives me a bit of a kick. Yeah, okay. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. What else? <laughs> it's a bit weird, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's regretting coming on already. <laughs> yeah, well, Alan left. <laughs> uh, really thick salt and vinegar crisps. I love getting them all You just like them. crisps? I you love. just like biting hard down on crisps? crisps. What colour should salt and vinegar crisps be? Because I recently bought some French fries and some squares, mm, and green, green. Was, was salt and vinegar, and blue was salt and vinegar on the different brands. I think blue. Yeah, I think Salt and vinegar. I think blue. Or do I? Because it's salt, like this blue sea. Yeah, I think blue. Yeah? Yeah. But Walker's is Yeah, they they are different based on the brands. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of crisp-related questions here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I've just opened up premium tweets on on Twitter, and um, you you can... I have to apply for this, and people can pay $2 to get my premium tweets, and all I tweet is just what crisps I'm having that day. (laughs) People pay for that. 15 people have done it so far. (laughs) So I get about... Wow. I think it's about three... I get about $45 a month just for my crisp fund. Have you met those three people? Um, No. (laughs) No. I don't think I want to. No. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen my Instagram photo of my belly? 
I think I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's crisps mainly. Right, okay. You're looking really well. You're, le- you're learning something new every day, yeah. especially mm. on this podcast. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> now, we always start with some quick-fire get-to-know Hit questions. Me. To get to know the man behind the camera, Alfie, what we got? If you could have one din- if you could have dinner with one person tonight, oh. who would it be? Tonight. Tonight, okay. Specifically tonight. Tonight. Yeah. You've got to leave oh, here. Oh, my word. Dress like that. Yeah. No, that sounds like a dig, innit? We said smart casual. Yeah. <laughs> Dress like that. Dinner with one person. Yeah. I'd love to have dinner with Bex. Oh, yeah. I imagine somebody Beckham. you would have crossed paths with. Do you know what? I, I'm very fortunate in my job to have met a lot of, specifically in football. I don't think, I think our paths might have crossed, but I'd, I've never interviewed him or sat down with him, and he'd be someone. That'd be on my bucket list. Yeah, uh, just in, not just his career, but his his lifestyle, what he's building in Miami. I, I think there'd just be so much to mm. chat to him about. So he would definitely be up there. I There's would... probably someone I'm missing because you need to think about that question. Yeah, mm. but just right off the top, Beckham. Yeah, yeah. Bex. Where would you go? What food are you having? I love Chinese food. Yeah, mm. yeah, love Chinese mm. sesame prawns on toast Lovely. is the greatest start I've ever I've invented. Never had it. And I saw really? it. Really? And 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 Fee will confirm. Oh. I saw it on the menu two nights ago, Have and it. I went. I, I, quite, I like prawn cocktail crisps. So we've got- <laughs> back to crisps again. Brilliant. Yeah. Everything's back to crisps. You keep going yeah. back to crisps. I need to somehow like five minutes. Get my answer back to crisps. God. I'll probably go for dinner with Gary Lineker. <laughs> crisps again. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, if you had to get a tattoo right now, what would you get? Marmite. <laughs> Just the logo. Yeah. Uh, if I yeah, I don't have any tattoos. Uh, you, you you're the man to ask. You've got some some interesting dreadful. tattoos, haven't you? Jay, interesting. Jay Ling's tattoo. Yeah. yeah. That was he actually tattooed that on you, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Wow. He did. I've got and is that more. a permanent tattoo? <laughs> because obviously I've seen it, and obviously like, it, like he's not a professional yeah, tattoo artist, yeah, so that yeah. will be on your body forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just seen it. It's not your worst, is it? It's really? not my worst. I've got way worse than that. On wow. my chest, I've got some lyrics. Yeah. It says, keep your head up, keep your heart strong, keep your mind set. Lyrics. Word, yeah. Mm. Okay. To yeah. Ben Howard. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Marmite. Just maybe I should have said crisps <laughs> to get invited back next time. Yeah. Top of my head. <laughs> Can't think of anything else. Speaks okay. to mind. Love it. What's the most unusual app on your phone? Um, I'll tell you what's unusual. For some reason, I've got I've downloaded a calculator app when you already have a calculator on your phone. I, I don't know why, but there's two calculator apps on my phone, which I very rarely use. I realise that one comes auto, yeah, yeah. auto on your phone as an iPhone. And but then I saw there's another calculator app. I do not remember downloading this, but at some point, I must have just scrolled through the apps and going, do you know what I need is a calculator app? So if you need <laughs> to use two. one now, which one do you go to? That's a really good, a really good question. Does it look I think the I've same? used both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one, one of them is like has you know the, the uh, extended button. There's more buttons to what, it. Cos and tan. Yeah, all the equations are yeah, you Square do, yeah. root and all yeah, that. Yeah. Very little. I don't know. Uh, EasyJet app is another one. I don't yeah. really use that. I don't know why that's on my yeah my phone. Jack Whitehall said EasyJet. Did he? Because you wouldn't expect Jack Whitehall to go no, EasyJet. It's interesting. Yeah. You scream EasyJet though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he could probably afford a better airline than me. To be fair, no, I like Jack. I heard that episode actually. Good episode. That he's a funny guy. Yeah. Right? Um, just uh, he's a dad now as well. He is. Yeah. Congrats yeah, on that, yeah, Jack. Congrats. He's not listening. If you could, uh, <laughs> yeah, congrats. If you could speak any other language instantly, what would you pick and for what reason? Do you know what? I, that's a not a regret, but that's if you had to say what could you take up now, it would be Lang. I would love to learn other languages. I think it would help as well with with my profession. I did speak uh, a bit of German to sort of GCSE level, and I love 
a lot. I've been to Germany a lot through work and, and leisure as well. I, mm. I do I do like Germany a lot and uh, the people and the culture and everything. So I'd like to learn German. But any of the boring answer, but any of the German, French, Spanish, I think would be great. Yeah. Mm. So you, do, do you speak any? Look at me, mate. I talk about crisps <laughs> on a podcast. Do you think I'm bilingual? Can you talk about them in French? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say German. I'd say German. Dorito. <laughs> What's the greatest goal ever scored? Oh my word! Even I think even Sunday League, anything. <laughs> okay, well, any goal you've okay, seen. Yeah, I'm you're a bit of a baller, aren't you? Yeah. Well, um, I said that because I saw on you scored a really good goal in in a YouTube game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to play in a few sort of I use the term celebrity loosely, but charity matches, yeah. and they're, it's they're they're great fun because they're a sort of amalgamation of ex pros and um you know celebrities and yeah. stuff like you know game recently. Paul Koncheski's playing left back nice. and Dean Gaffney's playing right back and Love it. I'm on the right wing with Paul Koncheski and half time <laughs> I've gone to the left winger. Do you know what? I think we should mix it up here just, <laughs> just so they know and swap wings. He goes, yeah, all right. So I'm taking on Dean Gaffney and not Paul Koncheski. But I, I used to play a bit back in the days at a very, you know, combined counties sort of level. So mm. an, an all right average level um legs are gone a bit now so i wouldn't say i would never certainly put a goal of mine in a, in a <laughs> better, best goals ever goal that i love so when i think about goals i think of a few things i think of the occasion as well i think it's really important mm-hmm. um the technique i would put gareth bale's goal against liverpool in the champions league final right up there yeah. because it's a champions league final because uh, I've got a soft spot, I love Gareth because my Spurs connections. The technique, I think, if you try to recreate that a hundred times, you'd probably do it once. Mm. Did it well, come off his shin though? Oh, I mean, you're being very critical on that. Um, <laughs> Me, though. Yeah, come off his shin. So I'd say Gareth Bale's up there, and then there's a load of messy ones that you can yeah. you can stick in that. That category. Gareth one's underrated as well, isn't it? it is, I don't think I, it won goal of the season. It didn't. Yeah. In fact, Ronaldo, I think, scored the same goal, a similar goal. Uh, in that Champions League run, which got goal of the, didn't even get goal of the tournament, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that is ridiculous. But, um, mm. Yeah, there's a Messi maze up as well that I'd, I'd stick in there because I, I I love Messi. I think he's the greatest player that's ever played. So love it. Who's your hero to finish the quick? Oh, growing up watching football. If we're talking football, sort of Gaza, but sort of didn't I only caught the tail end of his career. So my childhood idol was David Ginola because. Um, Tottenham fan he was the marquee player for Tottenham the best mm. player by a mile there and I got to meet him it's a bit, a bit, bit of an embarrassing story actually one of the first interviews I ever did when I was coming through as a young kid at so- on Soccer M uh, we got time 10 minutes with David Ginola and it was great so I was interviewing him and I was really starstruck and um, weirdly actually people often ask do you get starstruck meeting you know I've interviewed some fortunate enough to meet some really mm. big current players but I got more stuck me, starstruck meeting David Ginola because that took me to a place when I was a kid when mm. that seemed so distant to me to yeah, ever be in a room that. with him, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. all about feeling and what yeah, they made you feel. Exactly. Yeah. And it was one of the first interviews I did and my phone rang during the interview. And ra- <laughs> what usually happens with that is, well, not that it happens, it hasn't happened since because I turn my phone off, airplane mode, all of that. Um, you'd sort of brush over it or press it. He went, is that your phone? During the interview, I went, yeah. And it was my boss as well. So he grabbed my phone, picked it up, and it was my boss at the time. And I, I was quite a young, very junior member of the team. It was an out-of-vision interview. And he said, who's this? Simon, it's Smithy's boss. I went, oh, no, my childhood hero's answering the phone to my boss. <laughs> and he went, He's, his phone's just rang during an interview. It's very unprofessional. And then my boss put it on a loudspeaker to everyone, <gasps> mentioned it on air. So I was like, it was all tongue-in-cheek yeah, at the yeah. time. I was like, oh, this is really bad, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, what yeah. a story. Yeah, it's, it's weird with footballers, because I've said it on this podcast a few times, but like we're lucky enough to interview celebrities on air. But yeah. footballers 
are a different level. Mm, yeah. Because I think, like, although I'm a big comedy fan, I, 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 there's something, footballers make me feel a different way. What, like, even to comedians? Because I would imagine your heroes would all be in the comedy space. Nah, because I think comedy was something I got into about 16, 17. Yeah. Whereas football, from a, from a baby, right, okay. I loved football. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sitting down with Mark Noble. Yeah, I bet like, you loved that. I was just, mm. I was just in awe of Where's them from and through? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He could say his name. I go, <laughs> you're so funny, Mark. <laughs> oh, it's no, I not. became Frankie Fryer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh dear. Okay, Smithy, let's go into your life a bit. Okay. You've had a hell of a life. You're still so I... young. Still so Thank young you. and handsome. Okay. Uh, you, you... <laughs> Thanks, I think. I think a strange turn. <laughs> you grew up in a place called Effingham. Yes. How would you describe that? Yeah, nice. Very quiet village, not a lot there. Um Nice, yeah. I think I had a very lucky, nice childhood. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about Effingham. Really, there's not a lot to say. I've about never Effingham. heard of it. Have you no, not? I haven't. No. no, it's a straight. It's a random name, isn't it? Yeah. So whereabouts is that on a map? It's near, I suppose, Leatherhead, sort of Surrey way. Effingham. Is Leatherhead, uh, Surrey, is it? Yeah. Where did you think it was? I swear to God, I thought it was Newcastle. What? What, what am I thinking of? Le- Leatherhead. Like, Leatherhead, man. Like, <laughs> no. Because of the name. Leather. I swear to God, I thought it was Newcastle. You thought Leatherhead was in Newcastle? Yeah. It sounds like there, Northern. There might be a Leatherhead in Newcastle. Right. I, I don't probably, know. You're being too kind. There's yeah. probably not. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Say Leatherhead. Leatherhead. <laughs> but say it in a Geordie accent. Well, yeah, then it's going to sound Northern, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You said it in a Geordie accent. <laughs> now, I did some research on Effingham, on. and you're not the only famous face from Effingham. I wouldn't say I'm a famous face from Effingham in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> famous face from Leverhead, then. <laughs> Uh, in Newcastle, Alfie, can you read some of these famous people out? I want to see no if idea um, who... do, do, could you not? Could you, do you know anyone famous from there? Uh, not off the top of my head. Go on. Okay. Well, you're going to be eating your words because Julian Bailey do you know is who, from there. Do you know who that Julian is? Julian Bailey. Should I know who that is? I'll give you some clues. Go on. Car. He works with cars. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Good, uh, good driver. <laughs> motor racer. Motor racer, but more famously known. Yeah. Probably as the stick. No way. From yeah. Popcare, I did a shoot with the stick back in the day. It was amazing. And he, he, after the shoot, he said, "Do you want me to drive you a lap of Silverstone?" It was it was incredible. No he was like way. looking at me while he was going around. Uh, like honestly, incredible driver. Like I was in the passenger seat and it, I was quite nervous because he was an incredible driver. He was like saying, "Let's take this corner." Looking at me as he was taking the corner, going the other way. It was it was unbelievable. Experience. Would you not? Were you not just thinking? Yeah, this is brilliant, but can you look at the road? <laughs> yeah, I was all the time, yeah. I actually you don't, you don't need to go this fast, you know? <laughs> God, just two, two lads from the Effingham. Stig is from Effingham. Yeah. Just cruising wow. around. Yeah. That's crazy. The wow. Stig and the Stud. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a stick, Tom. <laughs> Maybe a children's book. Yeah. yeah. No one would buy it, but yeah. <laughs> Tony Masco- Mascolo. Who's that? He uh, was the bloke. Wait, give a clue. Okay. <laughs> I know what he is. This hair. Hairdresser. Hair stylist. Right, you can work this out. Yeah. Tony Muscolo. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. Hair. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's just Tony and Guy. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. Well, Tony from Tony and Guy. Tony, from Tony and Guy. Well, mate. I love getting a haircut as well. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> I love getting my hair cut. I do. <laughs> like vanilla. That's thing. really sweet. <laughs> I love brushing my teeth. Just sitting there with a smile on your face, just loving it, loving it. I hate it. I think it's such a waste of time. No, it's, it's important. I think I get yeah. my haircut every two weeks. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah totally. Good. <laughs> no, it would be convenient and more local, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think it anymore. <laughs> Who's next? How about 
Barney Wallace. <laughs> no. If you get this one, it'll be mad. Go on. Clue? Uh, it's quite hard not to do a clue that isn't quite dark. Have you seen Oppenheimer? I haven't yet, and I, I want to see it, but no. Do you know the premise? Yes. You know what Oppenheimer did? Yes. This guy pretty much did a similar thing. Really? Yeah. Barney Wallace was... He he invented the bouncing bomb. Wow, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. You've had uh, some faces from, from He's your He's right. Yeah. Wow, okay. And then the final one. <laughs> oh, this is, oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Sally James. That's my mum. What? <laughs> what? Did you did you know that, Jack? Did you know that? Yeah, this is a bit weird. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. Yeah, yeah. And you said there weren't any famous people. God, I'm so bad. I went, like, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? You go, go on. Don't know about this. <laughs> yeah, that's my mum, yeah. Wow. That's how I got into TV. So my mum, I mean, a lot of the younger generation of people listening probably won't know who she is, but she used to host a show called Tis Was with Chris Tarrant. So it was yeah. a Saturday morning kids show in the 70s. Uh, that was, yeah, re- really big. She used to interview loads of big stars, did university tours, uh, had albums released off the back of it. So it was, yeah, it was a big show, but it was before my time. Right. So it's yeah, one yeah. where it's weird. I'll tell younger people about my mum's because they, they won't have a clue who she is. Yeah. But I'll be on holiday sometimes recently and I'll have a 50-year-old man who is a bit obsessed with my mum. Right, that makes sense. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> nice and sometimes a bit weird. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into um, got into TV. Oh, basically. wow. And that's where my passion for TV came from. It's weird that she hosted a Saturday morning slot and then obviously I then went on coincidentally yeah. to work on something on Saturday fields, morning. And now I host Saturday Social on Saturday morning. It was like I was meant Poetic. to work that is on TV amazing. Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. The Saturday that's Smith. Amazing. Yeah. That's how, does, how does you know what Tiz Was was? What Tiz was was. What Tiz, tiz, tiz <laughs> was. Uh, Funny enough, my mother loved loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Loved it. Robbie Knox would know what it is. Wouldn't yeah. He? Have yeah. you not seen it? I've not seen it, no. I'm not No, that doesn't it. surprise oh. me, though, because people our age w- wouldn't have. But yeah. Yeah. that's a common thing that I get that I don't know what it is, but my mum or dad. Yeah, loved, yeah. Because it was quite a cult show. Yeah. And they had, I mean, monster guests on them. I mean, she had... Jackie Chan on Muhammad Ali. Wow. That's, like, Sting, that's insane. Uh, Paul McCartney. Some of the, the, I mean, we've got photos in my parents' house of people that she'd sat and proper, obviously didn't have camera phones back then. So they'd be like digital, uh, printed photos. Yeah. Some of the things that she did. Yeah. It was really, um, yeah. That's quite, quality. quite proud looking back on that, but obviously yeah. it wasn't whilst I was around. So right. yeah. That's quality. Pretty mad. I've got to say my childhood was amazing. Um, got to play loads of sport. A uh, great, great bunch of mates. Um, the only difficult I had was was me really in my development because I was very small, um, and I had a lot, a dreadful eyesight. So I had glasses, dreadful, dreadful teeth. So I had braces. So I was a rather odd looking child. <laughs> uh, and I always say to to, to to kids now, it doesn't matter if you've got glasses, braces, mm, short mm. because I had all of that. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. teeth were horrific. Were they? Horrific. Have you seen Jack's old face? Have I seen? Yes, I have seen. Because I, I think we've known each other for quite yeah, a long time. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I used to have an underbite, like right. a massive. So I'd be like, I'd be like, really, sort of gurney. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Where were you? I didn't. I didn't. I never spotted that. I knew that. Yeah, and then the and then the NHS sorted it out. Oh, I had right. my jaw wide shut for a month. Wow. Yeah, and I think you've had one of the best show ups ever, haven't you? Thank you. Yeah, you're really? great, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, boys. It's the crisps. Tony, um, God, the Tony and Guy. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> let me go back. Let me see. Let me see if I can show you my old face. Okay. Um, I love the tangents this that's, podcast that's, goes on. That oh, one's mate, fine. Yeah, we got no structure to this. <laughs> Is that fine, Alfie? Yeah, that's a good representation. 
Wow. That's horrific, isn't it? Yeah, you look completely different. Yeah. yeah. Different wow. bloke. It's horrific. Yeah. It changed your I, voice. I was like, I had the highlights as well. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I can imagine you could pull it off, though. Well, I, I could when I went to a prop. I should have got the Tony and Guy and Effingham, shouldn't I? When I went to someone prop. But my mate used to go, oh, I can do it for a tenner. And I go, well, that's cheaper than anywhere else I can go. So, yeah. oh, my mate's doing it for a tenner. There's a mm. reason he was charging a tenner, because he didn't know what he was doing. So, <laughs> yeah, it depends where you get your highlights done, I think. Fee did mm. mine in, um, in lockdown. Give me a lockdown haircut. Yeah. Oh. Dark, <laughs> my dark, wife did the same yeah. dark times that. <laughs> really? dark lockdown time. haircuts we ask everyone this question it throws up different answers at school what's yep. the naughtiest thing you did oh naughtiest thing I did I imagine you were quite a good kid yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was um, rude or anything I was quite cheeky chappy more than you know I never was expelled or suspended or loads of detention mm. or anything like that but I, I'd be like quite cheeky chappy like push yeah. the boundaries or like trying to make people laugh or have a, have a bit of a laugh with you know I mean yeah nothing that springs to mind but more cheeky chappy stuff. I, I imagine sorry did you want me to say something like no, no, no. fight at a Royal Rumble with 14 that would, other that would have been good yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> Jack White was in that <laughs> I just imagine you as like a mini Frankie Fryer walking, walking around <laughs> no I wasn't hello miss no, that is a character <laughs> proper nutty <laughs> so what, what, when you left school did you because you've worked in the media for years now yeah quite, uh, yeah did 15, you have any early jobs before that I did I was a peak when I got my uh, driving license, age seventeen. I drove a Vauxhall Nova um, with body kit, one point three SR. It was quite a, I mean, it's you know, very basic car, and mm. I had fluffy dice in the, I mean, and I had like a. You had fluffy pink, dice. I had fluffy. What were you I, I don't know. Powers? I had fluffy dice hanging from it because I thought it was cool, like a pink LED light, and it was white, a body kit. It, yeah, looking back on it, I had highlights <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, and then, um, have you not seen them? No, but that's so Austin Powers. It is a bit, it? yeah. I thought quite, it was cool at the time. Like big white flares. I thought it was. No, I thought it was cool at the time, but like, <laughs> it clearly wasn't. And I got a job as a Domino's pizza delivery boy. Passed my driving test, age seventeen, and I looked about fourteen when I was seventeen. So I used to rock up. It was just. Uh, the job in Leatherhead, not in Newcastle, <laughs> local uh, Domino's. Yeah. Um, and it was a job as a Domino's pizza delivery boy going. Nice. Um, and it was just before sat navs were coming in. So it was like you had to get use a map. And they made you wear the full attire. So Domino's shirt, trousers, hat and name badge. So I'd be delivering Hawaiian and chicken strips. Yeah. But I'd turn up in a Vauxhall Nova with fluffy dice at 10 o'clock at night to people that had, <laughs> had quite a lot to drink. So it was a really odd fit. And yeah. it was a... Yeah, it was... I mean, I prefer working, doing my job, my current job, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. that. But that was the most random job I'd say I had. Did you enjoy it? It was the bits you enjoyed? At the not? time I did, yeah. yeah. Cause it was the first, you know, the first time you have a job and the mm. first time. Uh, and what I would say about my parents as well, like my, my parents were very much like, you earn your own money, you treat people as you find them, like mm. like brilliant, um, brilliant morals in that sense. They were like, right, you've got to earn money to, hence why I had, you know, a Vauxhall Nova that was the <laughs> cheapest guy you could get at yeah. the time. But they, they always installed that in me, that which is why when I started working at Sky and I was doing unpaid work and work experience, so I, mm. I, I was sort of never afraid to, to do it the hard way, so to right. speak. So, um, but it was like you had to work Friday or a Saturday night, so the shifts weren't ideal when you're 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, and the name badge, I didn't think the name badge was necessary. <laughs> That's I mean, not needed, I, I is it? I opened the door once and a, a, an eight-year-old girl um, said, the Domino, Domino's Pizza delivery man's here. And her mum said something like, who is it? Meaning I didn't hear what you just said. And she yeah. sort of yanked my top and went, Adam. And like, <laughs> they, they didn't need so much. I just didn't think the name badge was needed personally. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that. Something I'm really interested about is you started off as a runner, didn't you? I did. Which is something I've done myself. I hated it. 
I found it really, really stressful. How, right. how did you find Why it? Why do you find it stressful out of interest? I find a lot of things stressful right. that aren't stressful. Yeah, you do, um, man. <laughs> go on, yeah. oh, We were speaking to Joe Wilkinson, yeah. um, talking about doing uh, a comedy. We did a comedy show at Kendall Calling Music Festival. And uh, Joe went, oh, I'm never going to do music festivals again like with, with uh, comedy. And Alfie went, nah, neither am I, mate. And I'm like... <laughs> You're a musician that's trying <laughs> yeah. to become... And he's, like, too stressful. He's not well. <laughs> he's a musician stressful, who mate. doesn't like making music. <laughs> Do you like doing podcasts? Yeah, I love doing podcasts. Right. Do you find this stressful, then? No, I'm not stressful. I find... the So what I would find stressful, like... Uh, so, for example, I got here early, right? <clears throat> and I found it stressful that I had to wait downstairs for a bit. And I thought someone would come up to me and go, sorry, are you supposed to be here? Like, blah, blah. <laughs> It's so a I, um, path, mate. So, well, I went and got a tea, and <laughs> okay. I didn't even want a tea, but I thought that justified me way. being there. Pay your way. Wow. Exactly. Right. So that sort of thing stresses me out, like someone going, oh, he's here, like, taking a seat. <laughs> Do you know what so I mean? many free It's things. that kind right. of thing. Yeah. Like, this there was, was no this was one down there out. either. This, I know the... this will stress him big time. Alfie, sing a little bit for us. No, see, that, I just can't <laughs> wow. do that. You are a singer. Yes, but I need <laughs> the context. Come on. I need the context to be right. Sing happy birthday, Mr. President. Is it his birthday? Yeah. <laughs> Very specific. Because I can only sing it if it's his birthday. Is he here? And we'll say yes birthday. for argument's sake. <laughs> sing one of your songs. No, because that is causing me anxiety. And you knew it would. But this happens so much on the podcast. Try and sit. You I would embrace your come talent. to a show. You should embrace your talents. If I started really trying to sing now, everyone think I was a twat. <laughs> Wouldn't they? <laughs> what was the question here that got us on? I don't know. No, I'm really wound up. Now. Probably about Chris. How was being a runner? <laughs> yeah. Oh, runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mate, I loved it at the time. I'll tell you why. Because at the time, um, it was my first job I ever had in TV. So it was like, it was just amazing. You walk down the corridor and you see people that, you know, ex-players, pundits. You, you, I'd feel like, wow, do I deserve to be here amongst these people that have achieved so much? And my role was, you, you're probably saying, well, it's only a runner, but I always look at that and go, well, everyone's role is important. And mm. I thought at the time that was a really important role. And I, I've mates with runners now and I'm a presenter, but I don't belittle their role mm. because mm. at the time, and, and it is an important role, every role that involves in TV and podcasts and YouTube in front of or behind the camera mm-hmm. is equally as important, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was, I was, you know, it was shifts. I was just making tea, just making coffee, mm. um, photocopying, right. picking up letters. A lot of the jobs I was doing weren't necessarily creative roles where I was learning. But then after a few months, you learn how to sit in on people making graphics, for instance, or sit yeah. in on an edit suite. Or then you go into a gallery and, and watch how a director goes. And it's like, I always was like, I want to take one thing. And I, I took one thing, one bit of information from every experience I had, okay. even if that was making teas or coffees or just people skills improving that, how to talk to presenters, how to talk mm. to, and you shouldn't talk to anyone any differently, but just how to be around people, when to speak to them because they might have someone in their ear or they might be in rehearsal and just little, little things like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and then picking up graphics, editing, presenting, reporting, all of that, which is so skilled and so complex. So I absolutely loved it, mate. Yeah. Absolutely were loved you, it. Were you nervous though? Because like yeah. Sky is such a huge corporation. Yeah. Um, it's a bit different to many people's first jobs, isn't it? Going in and seeing yeah. all those faces and that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be honest, I was nervous, yeah. And I, I think um, the first time you do anything, I think, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous and I was comfortable even, you know, making teas, coffees, every, every role I did or, you know, doing auto cue for once. You know, that, that's, I think that's quite a skilled job. And it, it was is, one that I did yeah. quite early on. Um, oh, wait, sorry, but, I got the flight. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> 
Right, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the podcast, mate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dead um, all over the gap. Yeah, so I was nervous. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, be lying if I said I wasn't. Right, you you picked up auto cue there. Right, yeah. you mentioned that. <clears throat> now I've had to do a bit of that. Yeah, I'm not too bad with it, but we had a one of my good pals, Carlton Cole, on the podcast yesterday. Legendary, right? he's quality. And he was telling us that he's learned to read auto cue. Yeah, and uh, he gave us a he, he he had a little go. Left a lot to be desired, right? <laughs> yeah. I think is where to say. And we, we there's an app called Big View in which you can... Have you, I think it, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I've used it, yeah. So It, it does the autocue for you as you scroll, doesn't it? It does, yeah. 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 So we've written a little script here. Have you got Big Zoo to use Big View at any point? That, <laughs> no. That'd be really good, wouldn't no. it? Wow. No. Yeah. Six-part series. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got Carlton to read a bit of an autocue for us. Which How was, was he? So funny. Uh, three out of ten. <laughs> okay. But I'm sure he could You're stitching it. me up here because this is what I do for a living. So if I am not very good at this... <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. Nah. Right. We'll say you're good as well, even if. Right, how do let's um? I've got you a script here that I'd quite okay. like to read. Uh, speed. How? And what speed do you want? How many words per minute? Oh, you control the speed, do you? Yeah. I wonder you, what. You, usually, is. someone manually does yeah. it based on. Yeah. How you're reading this it. This is oh, on your phone. You hold it, and then it just runs up. Okay. Do you reckon that's a bit? Because you should, in theory, that. have someone monitoring it because there's certain bits that you'd emphasize or pause for certain bits, if that makes sense. I think, okay. I think that but, looks fast. What that? Yeah. But then I've never. What am I reading? One. You're not. This isn't. You're not stitching me up. With no, 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 no. A cool. little bit. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? Reading. Right. So I'll press record now. Okay. And I'm just go. reading this, am I? Yeah. Hello, my name is Adam Smith, but you may know me as the Smithmeister General or Big Boy Smithy. You join us here today for another episode of the world's greatest podcast, Jack Mates Happy Hour, and this bound to be the best episode ever because Stevie White's not here. Sit back and enjoy. Whoa! Whoa. Mate, that was quick, that was, that, was quick. that was so quick. That was unreal. I've never used that to describe myself. Or Big Boy. Oh, my Big word. Boy. That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was you know? so good. It's a bit quick as well. Yeah, I put yeah. it on the highest one because I thought you were a yeah. See, this is why he gets the job. Yeah, that's, that's sensational. You Ralph. could have stitched me up there. Imagine I'd uh, been terrible at that. <laughs> you were a runner, weren't you, Alf? Well, yeah, I was, yeah. Stressful. Straight away. I, I did one. I remember the last one. I was really lucky because my, my uncle ran a film crew. Wow. That did, like, live stuff. And I was supposed to be going around teas and coffees. I was very comfortable with that. It yeah. was stressful. Do you know what weirdly stressed me out? Choosing the right colour of milk. Because they'd ask me to go get some milk and I'd be too nervous to ask, like, blue? Should you ask? I do green? know what you mean by that. Someone was yeah. saying not so much milk. or Yeah. At, at the time, because at the time, it, that, that for me was my big job, making tea. Yeah, yeah. And someone would say not too strong or, or, or not too weak. I'm like, what do they mean by that? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? It's vague. This yeah. is the and producer of a big show here. Like, yeah. what do they mean by that? Yeah. yeah. I do know what you mean. Should you ask them what milk? Possibly, I yeah. I guess now, because now it's a lot of oat milks going about. I remember, yeah. milk. I remember we had, we had we were named nameless, but we had a runner at the time. Um, and I think it was Tim Lovejoy said, oh, small tea, please. And in the Sky Canteen, you had different size uh, cups. <laughs> so he got him, he, I don't think he'd made tea before. He got him a latte shot of tea. <laughs> so that big, with tea and milk. And he went, there you go. And he went, that's a, that's a bit of a small one. And he went, well, you did ask for a small tea. <laughs> yeah, but he tea. thought that was what it was. was. Oh, it was a shot of tea. Everyone was really polite to me. Really? Like, like they, they used yeah. to say they're like, when you're a young guy going into being a runner, they they sort of knew my dream wasn't being a runner. Yeah. I sort of had ambitions to yeah, like yeah. work in the industry, and yeah. they all started out like my uncle started out doing that as well. So like yeah. there was there was a lot of respect. But I remember someone didn't turn up, and it was a 
it was someone a camera person and so the person running the cables which is basically like they had, they had a roaming camera going yeah, up and down the stairs and i was running the wire to make sure it was all neat didn't get tangled on anything and they had to get the person who was doing that to do the cameras so he was crapping himself going i'm not camera guy yeah. I don't know what to do you know what's interesting about that is uh, there's a lot of stories like that where people do get thrown into the deep end yeah. on a film set on an OB in a gallery because someone's not there and like a vision mixer might direct uh, yeah. a, a cable operator might be a, a camera op a reporter might be a presenter there's so many stories that mm. you, that I know in the industry where that's happened and that's how people have, have got their break actually so it's, it's yeah. you say that well I didn't grasp it with two hands at all I, I was freaking <laughs> out I was outside practicing because well, you, yeah. you have to curl it up it in is a special hard, that, way I know yeah. that, that role is harder than you think because yeah. you think you're just holding cables but yeah, it's a distance. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah and I could see on the screen it was going five, four, and I looked down and it, it got tangled round oh. this woman's seat. I can imagine you being woe for that. I was flapping. <laughs> yeah, really supportive. I, yeah. I, no, honestly, mate, I was flapping yeah. really bad, and she could see I wanted to cry, so she was trying to untangle it. I was going, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." <laughs> it went all right in the end, but after that, I said to my uncle, "I'm never doing this again, mate." <laughs> that was too much. God. I was really bad at it. Social to be honest. situation. I've never told this story, right? And this is, this is this is a bit off of what you were saying there, but I know you'll love it. I've just got to tell you quickly. Um, recently went to Australia for the West Ham yeah, pre-season tour. <clears throat> interviewing the players pitch side dream come true all this West Ham beat Spurs 3-2 I knew you'd mention that I had to bring it up <laughs> not to bring it up the story. mate I am gonna I'll go red telling this story because it is so embarrassing right so we're, we're in the tunnel and I come out as the players are coming down so the West Ham boys are walking down and Pablo four nows mm. he goes like this put his hand up oh, right? no. So I go to like high five him, and then I realise that one of the little kids in the stand is going down to oh, do that. No. And he's gone to the kid, and then this thirty-year-old bloke just goes, "Oh, mate!" Awkward. And uh, as I, as I, it gets worse, because as I've done it, I've then looked at one of my pals who work in the media team, and he's doing an Instagram live for oh, it. No. I was like, I didn't tell anyone about it. Wow. I was like, I'm not. Getting We've all that. been there in situations mm. like that. Though. Oh, mate, can, wow. can you remember, so it's good, but back to your runner days, yeah. can you remember the first time you had to do a job for like a celebrity? Like, who, What's the first moment that oh, you've first, on? First moment, I think it would have been this, so I was running a lot on Soccer M, so it was <clears throat> in the office with Tim Lovejoy, Helen Chamberlain. Like, I'd, I'd watched that show growing up. I was 17, 18 myself, and, you know, there were senior presenters, producers that were, Robbie Knox as well, he's one, yeah. of, the, one of the senior people, really clever guy, Robbie Knox. Was really he senior, funny guy. was he? Yeah, Robbie at that stage would have been one of the, I think it would have been assistant producer or associate producer. Oh, yeah, right. So Tim Fenner's uh, exec producers, Neil Smythe, Robbie Knox were all, um, oh, he, he was certainly an established yeah. member of the team, yeah. so to speak. So yeah, I suppose the first time going into that office mm. was like a bit of a wow, sort of nerve wracking moment. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, a couple of months later, I'm dressed as Elvis on screen, which was a bit weird. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how that transpired. What's the story behind odd. that? The story behind that was, uh, I must, yeah, would have been 17, 18, uh, rubbish blonde highlights in my hair. Uh, they had one of those. Do you remember the fishes that used to, used to press a button? Yeah, in the office. Yeah, it? yeah and it, exactly. Flaps. And used to press it. And it used to sing to Elvis. And I walked in one day, getting Tim a tea, tea, a tea with milk, strong tea. Didn't have, didn't have loads of milk in it. I remember it because I yeah, made a lot yeah. of cups of tea. And he went dance to this, and I was like, um, 
and he, he pressed the button on the fish and it started singing an Elvis song. So I danced and then for some stupid reason, at the end of this dance, I was so nervous, I did the splits. I was like, why <laughs> am I doing the splits? Proper way. Uh, yeah, really? Because I was like, oh, oh, I don't want to dance for the sea down there. the splits. And they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> Idiot. And then friends of someone said, that's quite unique. It's quite bendy and flexible, isn't it? And then I was sat there, I'm 17 going, yeah, this random we got is quite flexible. And he went, should we do that on the show? And I was like, he's joking, clearly. Walking the next week, they've got a light, they've got an L Elvis costume with like high heel stilettos and looking at the wow. rundown because it was like here's the rundown it says uh, Adam dancing as runner Adam dancing as baby Elvis I was like so sorry um, you, you know after we, we've got like you know these really important guests on what, what, what's this bit and he goes oh yeah you're going to dance live on the show never done any TV or anything and I said oh, do, do I have to and they went uh, well we'd like you to so I was like oh my word and they go we've got a costume we've got these sequins on this little belt these high heels Honestly, about three days later, live TV, Soccer M, cult show. Yeah, mm. massive viewing thing. Massive. And and they went, yeah, this is our runner. Um, he likes to dance as Elvis. I, I mean, I don't. I was made to do it because of a dancing fish. <laughs> did it once. I did the splits at the end and started uh, doing like a blow in a kiss. I didn't know what I was doing. They were like, have you worked on your routine? I was like, hang on a minute. I didn't know I was doing this till a day ago. And then obviously they quite liked it. I don't know why. Uh, and they said, yeah, we'll do that every week. And I was like, really? And it got to the point they were like, I think we should take you out and about. So they went, there's a retirement home around the corner. A lot, you know, a lot of people, they're like 90. And I think it'd be, it'd be good for morale if you danced in the retirement home. I was thinking, is it? Do they really want to see an 18-year-old who has no interest Rolling in this? Rolling back the years. Mate, it was so awkward, honestly. So I was like, you know, went in there and I was, I was being... Are you happy for me to do this? This is the premise of it. You know, it's just, it's not live. It's a bit pre-recorded. I'm standing in there and they're all sat around a lounge. Love, I've got to say, lovely people. I was chatting to them. Um, and obviously my, telling them my, my nan's um, uh, life. She was, in a, she was in a home and stuff. And I've got mm. so much respect for people that work there because I was obviously visiting her a lot. Um, but, you know, some of these people are very old. And I was in there, very young, dressed as Elvis. And obviously they're in a lounge, but you could hear a pin drop because there's no music, there's no TV or anything. My producer goes, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready for you. This yeah, that's horrific. the other thing. I'm dancing a cappella because they put, the, they put the music on in the edit suite afterwards. So I'm not even dancing to an Elvis track. It's like in films. You're miming. You know, you know you're miming. That's supposed to great. Exactly. So I mean, it's, it's mute. There's nothing, there's nothing going on. The windows are shut. You couldn't even hear the sound of a car going past because they put all that on in the edit suite after, like they do in films with you know, dancing. Uh, so I go in, I dance, I do the splits at the end on a really hard floor. And then honestly, pin drop, you don't hear anything. And uh, one of the care workers go, can we please say well done for Adam? And there's literally this like slow <laughs> ripple. of effect. And I think in the end they left it at that without the music and the slow ripple because it just looked like wow oh, wow so there's things like that that you, you did on on air right and then I was like that's going on soccer air and like your mates would go can I just ask why were you doing that like on a football show it doesn't make any sense so yeah there was random stuff that's that... one of the most depressing stories I've ever heard <laughs> it, was, it was yeah I was really nervous about that really nervous about that Love it. Now, you you presented Soccer AM as well, did, didn't yeah. you? You really went through That was through many the years later, though, so I did a lot in between that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it wasn't, they didn't go, <laughs> the he's so good at dancing <laughs> at the retirement home. Yeah, rushed and get out, you're in. That was, yeah, that was Lovejoy days when I did that. But they did actually, you say that, there was a similarity, because didn't they actually stitch you up in a, in a kind of way in, for you to do your first show? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it was a stitch up. What happened when I started presenting it? So I'd done years of working on the show, but Max Rushton had, I think he had food poisoning. Right. And he was unwell. So he wasn't in the office on the Friday. So, um, but we thought he'd be fine for the Saturday. 
I got told on the Friday evening that he was a bit unwell, might not know. And I was at that point, I was doing a bit of, I'd done a few interviews, a bit of, you know, third presenting where I do various sit down with some players or a bit of, you know, three minute live segment. But I'd never done, never had an earpiece in, for instance. And I don't think I'd ever done autocue. I might have done autocue. I had a screen test for sports news. Autocue I'd done at a very low level, but I, had, I wasn't experienced in autocue, in earpiece or in live. Right. My boss said, right. He can't come in today because he's really ill. And obviously, I, I, being honest, I think at that stage, get, getting a late presenter in, it, it wasn't, the, wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. He said, I'd like you to do it. And it was a real show of faith because he said, obviously, I've spoken to a few people and we like what, what you're doing. I think you're ready to this. We're going to put you and present the show. And obviously, I was with Helen Chamberlain, who is a genius of a presenter, by the way, and very, very skilled. And she was doing a lot of the main part of it. But I was still on the sofa for an hour and a half. Um, and it was got to the point where this was two hours before the show. It was like read the, read the script, have makeup, have a shave, have some food. It was got to the point where it's like you're gonna have a shave, and I was like, I hadn't even thought of that. Right. Thrown in at the mm. deep end. Suddenly, it was five seconds to one air, and it was like, yeah, there we go. You're presenting your first show, and it was that was. And I know what you're gonna ask. Were you nervous then? Weirdly, and that was the biggest in at the deep end moment I've ever had in my whole career but I didn't have time to get too nervous because mm. of everything that I had to do like reading the script going mm. to makeup choosing what I was going to wear having a shave all these little things everyone talking to me rehearsing mm. by the time that had all finished it was four minutes before an air so to speak right. so then you're on air and uh, I mean you know a lot of the, the guys that, that worked on the show back then all, all great guys mm. very supportive but there's a bit of banter that goes around as well so yeah. they're like you know don't, don't muck it up I was like cheers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's really helpful um, so yeah, so did it. And it, it was little things like that. Obviously, it obviously went okay because mm. I've gone on to have a career in presenting, but there were times when, so for instance, the guests come on and we used, I used to be a crew member behind the scenes. First thing you do is clap on the guests, make them feel welcome. I'm sat on the sofa. Helen would say, please welcome. I think it was Francis Jeffers. Mm. And I'm sat there clapping on the sofa. My boss goes, stop clapping. You're presenting the show now. And, I, and looking back at it, I was like, I look such a <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, is, it, is, it is random that I'm doing that. But oh, I, I didn't know, that's all I'd known was clapping yeah. the guests. On, so. I would have shat, I would have shat myself. I get yeah. so nervous for. I've never done anything to that scale, but I remember I did a, a show for Sport Bible. Had six six part different football. Yeah, I watched a bit of that. Yeah, and uh, we filmed them not linear. And then um, yeah, the, the first episode I had to do was Joe Hart, who's a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah, but, he is, yeah. but massive. Yeah, and quite alpha as well. Yeah, and uh, it was the Christmas special, and they dressed me up as an elf. <laughs> so I had these. Uh, <laughs> Fuck me. I've got a great story about Frankie, Frankie Frost about an elf, by the way. I, I had these like leggings on, pointy shoes. And yeah. They've put me in it. And then Joe's walked in and I've had to go, hello, mate, you're right. <laughs> oh, no, before, as an elf. Yeah. before he's turned up. Yeah, he's rocked up and I'm an elf. I'll go, no, oh, that's not on I that. go, sorry about this. Yeah. That's not yeah. I've had a lot of interesting stories like that when I was dressed up meeting people. Yeah. Particularly with the Frankie Fry thing, like conversations where I'm like, oh God, introduce myself to this person dressed as a wig and stuff. So well, I, can, I can relate to that. Can you explain what, for, for anyone out there who doesn't know Frankie Fryer, who is yeah. Frankie Fryer? So Fra- Fra- <laughs> this is a good question. Who is he? <laughs> Frankie Fryer was a character that, um, so after doing Baby Elvis, so, so I worked as a runner and I was doing that whilst, before I went to university, I went to Loughborough, did sports science. And then after I left Loughborough, went back to Sky. Anyway, got a job on Soccer AM. Mm-hmm. Um, so then ha- having been a runner, I got a job 
job as a sort of editorial assistant, assistant producer. So you do a bit of everything, a bit of editing, a bit, bit of help with the camera work, a bit of scripting and stuff like that. So I was um, on the show permanently. So after I'd done Baby Elvis, someone, I think it was Trev actually, a colleague that said, I think we should do something related to Danny Dyer because Danny Dyer was doing the football factories, going around the grounds and mm. giving a sort of lighthearted insight to football in, in his own way. And he said, I think we should do, you know, a, a morning friendly version of that where we give a bit of insight about the stadiums, the towns, but in a lighthearted way. Um, and then as most good ideas that came from soccer and back in the day, one person would have an idea, someone else would come up with a character name, uh, how to strand it. So they said, let's do an item, call it Frankie Fryer, uh, you know, a, a play on Danny Dyer's <laughs> yeah. name, where he goes around, the premise was I used to go around and the feature was called Away Days. I'd go to a town, I arrive in Walsall or Chesterfield, I'd arrive at the station and go, Frankie's here, proper nutty in a, in a character of Danny Dyer. <laughs> and I'd show you all you can do in a town in a very random way. So rather than going to a bit of heritage, I'd find the smallest gouge railway track in England, which is uh, in Basingstoke, by the way. Or I'd find you know, the, the, the lowest point of England geographically in Peterborough, which is the, it's like really random. Yeah, so people, yeah. I don't need to know that. But we'd, we'd get people from the community involved, like like legendary people that were involved, that, that were part of that. And we get celebrities involved. And, and it basically just emerged and emerged and emerged, partly because I think Danny Dyer was a very popular figure, mm, particularly yeah. particularly then when he was doing the away day stuff. Was he doing the... That- did he do deadliest men? Deadliest men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. similar time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just became so. I became this this Cockney geezer was yeah. the premise where I'd go around acting like an idiot, taking the piss out of myself with a brown jacket, gold jewelry that would make my fingers go green sometimes. Yeah. Proper like like pound shop jewelry and a wig that I'd wear. And it, the idea was being go to a town, but it got to the point, mate, where it'd be like right. Go to Transylvania in uh, for FC Cluj. Uh, go, wow. go to FC Santa Claus in Lapland. Go to Munich. Go to Ireland, Scotland. So it actually became a bit of an educational piece, yeah. uh, as well as very light-hearted. So it's a bit a mix, mixture between comedy and sort of information. So I'd spend a day researching the, the city. Then I'd sort of write a rough script and with the help of others, you know, come up with little ideas and little funny things that, yeah. that we could do. Um, and it, it did become quite popular. It's something I'm obviously look back on quite proud, but mm. there were some very random moments doing it. Right, right. Very tell, random tell moments. You, you mentioned that FC Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, that what was... What is that? So basically, my boss or my <laughs> boss's boss said, right, we need to do something around Christmas because it's Christmas. Um, find something. Away, away Days was quite a popular item of the show. As you know, we had Skill School, Crossbar Challenge, mm. Tubes Question, there were a lot of features that were quite popular. What can you do around Christmas? So uh, I found a club called FC Santa Claus that play in Lapland. So I was like, well, this is perfect, isn't it? I thought, oh, I might be able to swing a trip to Lapland over Christmas. Yeah. So basically they go, yeah, great. Speak to the club, see what you can do. Um, and I used to get a celebrity or a legend to do that. It's time to keep my nut down. Oosh. Um, so I got Santa Claus um, <laughs> to do it over there. So that, that was interesting in itself. Go over there. And this, this great guy from FC Santa Claus is like my guide for the day. And he went, um, right, one thing I really need for the piece, you know, in terms of what we film, it'd be good to get a bit of Santa's grotto, give it a taste of Christmas, the elves. But we have to get Santa to do the keep me nut down because it's a catchphrase that's associated. I'd do a long spiel and then I'd say, you know what time it is. And someone would say, it's time to keep my nut down. Oosh. And then shake their head. Yeah. It's really random. <laughs> but I'd say, we need Santa. So I'm walking down this sort of high street of Lapland. I went, oh, just, you know, our flights later. There was the one thing we hadn't got was the catchphrase. I was like, I have to get this for the piece. There's Santa. And uh, the guy went, no, no, that's not the real Santa. And I went, 
Sorry? Anyway, that's that's not the real Santa. That's just um, <laughs> one that the kids go to to, you know, get their presents. What? And I was like, yeah, because everything is, Christmas is like the be all and end all in, in, in Lapland. Yeah. It's everything. It's it's 24-7 Christmas. He went, no, if you're coming to Lapland, you have to do the nut down with the real Santa Claus. And I was going, no, I get that, mate. I, I just like, my flight's late. And if I don't get the nut down with Santa Claus, which could be anyone, let's face it, I might get in trouble. No, I'll meet the real Santa. So then, honestly, then it gets to um, an hour later and he does good to his word take me to meet the real santa it's a live stream this by the way that you can watch online people meeting santa's grotto in lapland but he obviously says you have to queue because there's a lot of kids meeting the real santa i said yeah absolutely fine so i've texted i think i took my mum and a few mates saying oh you can you can watch me meeting santa on this live stream i'm in a queue honestly with there's a four-year-old girl a five-year-old boy six-year-old people you know three foot four foot kids like we're meeting Santa and I'm stood there with my cameraman you know five foot ten of me with a brown jacket and a wig waiting to meet Santa Claus I'm like this is amazing and then he he sits down and he goes this is the real Santa Claus and I said I played along with it I remember you got me a football didn't you ten years ago and he goes I remember that did you enjoy it I'm like oh my word what is going on here anyway and then I have to explain what I get him to do so I'll go, so what I want you to do, I'm going to do this big spiel, and if you could say, it is time to keep my nut down, oosh. And he goes, okay. And I can tell he has no clue what it's like. His follow-up question is, so what do you want for Christmas this year? I was like, my word. We're not getting... And do you know what? It's I, I used to I used to get into a routine where I'd sort of speak quite quickly and memorise things. It was the worst keep my nut down I'd ever done. And I'd done it with... You know, Deco, Hulk Hogan, Joe mm. Hart, Chris Tarrant, Bernie Clifton, Fit, Fit, Amir Khan, really famous faces. Santa Claus, he just got in my head. <laughs> I was so nervous because of, like, of this like history that he created <laughs> that I had to do about three takes. So I'm so sorry, Santa. And then afterwards he goes, yeah, yeah so have a good Christmas. See you next year. And I was like, yeah, see you next year, mate, playing along with it. But that whole trip was random. I mean, I went to Santa's Grotto and this elf came up to me. And again, I'm dressed in, and there's all these kids around. It was um, me. <laughs> yes, Jack, yeah, exactly. Sorry. And he comes up to me and he goes, "Frankie Fry." And I went, "This this trip is getting weirder." And I went, "Sorry." I go, "He goes, can I have a photo?" I went, yeah, yeah, of course. And I said, um, "Can I just ask, how on earth does an elf in Lapland know who I am?" And obviously, he works as an elf. And he went, "Oh, basically, but I'm English." I went, "Oh, okay. Where about you from?" And he went, "I'm from London." He goes, "But I went to university. I was studying to be a lawyer." Uh, but I met my girlfriend and she lives out here in Lapland. So I had two choices in life. One was to progress with my law degree, but obviously being lawyers, you know, a lot of work, or having a long distance relationship with a job like that would have been very difficult or jack in the law degree and go and move in a Lapland with my uh, girlfriend. So because we love each other, I jacked in the law degree. I came to Lapland wow. and the only job I could get was work as an elf. So here I am. No. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if they're still together now, but yeah. that's the story. Oh, oh, we need I to was... find that guy. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Unbelievable, yeah. Fucking yeah. Hell. You mentioned Deco there. Mate, so <laughs> one regret I have is not filming the explanation of me asking people to be in away days because Deco was facilitated on the on the two days before the Champions League final. I was in Lisbon, right? Um, and again, it was one of them where it was a uh, Champions League final away days special. So I do a tour of the city of Lisbon. Um, amazing. So, so lucky to be, you know, going there for work. And then I'd go to the stadium. But it was the week of the Champions League final. As you can imagine, they're facilitating a lot of media access that day. So someone who works in PR said to me, um, Smithy, I think I can get you Deco. Um, five minutes with him. Uh, what Can I ask what you're doing? I said, I'm doing away days. He'd seen it. So he said, yeah, I, I sort of want him to do the catchphrase. Uh, is that okay? So he said, yeah, I think I can get you five minutes with him. So I'm thinking, brilliant. Anyway, 
that's the conversation I've had. Uh, wind forward a week later, I'm in Lisbon. I walk through to the media pre-Champions League final press day with the world's media, right? So it's everyone and any broadcaster that you can think of that are sitting down with him. And uh, a very nice PR guy comes up to me and goes, so do you, are you talking to him about the history of the stadium, about his experience <laughs> in Champions League, uh, you know, about winning multiple trophies? He's very keen to get across his thoughts on the game. I'm sat there and going, oh, it's a little bit awkward. Has he not told you what we're doing? The PR person went, no, no, no. I'm just going to everyone. And I'm, I'm saying, he says, that's a bit awkward. I said, I'm, you see that jacket? I go, I'm sort of going to put the brown jacket on, uh, the gold jewellery and a wig. And then he went, a wig? I said, yes, a wig. Um, and I'm going to do a long spiel. Um, and then I'm going to ask him to say, it's time to keep my nut, meaning head, down. Uh, oosh, and then get him to shake his head left to right. And he said, oh, what are you doing next? I sort of said, that's all I want him to do, basically. And then I said, where are we doing it? You know, is there a private room? He goes, no, no, sorry, because it's such a big press day, you can only do it here, in, literally in front of like, I would say 50 other media and people. And obviously the other thing is we need complete silence because we're recording audio. So I come to Deco, speaks very little English at the time. I'm a massive fan of his as well. And I'm like, yeah. oh, inside, we, well, we should have filmed it because I was like, lovely to meet you, my name's Adam. I'm, I'm I literally, the Cameraman's going, you've got two minutes left. So I'm, I'm putting the jacket and the jewellery on as I'm speaking to him. He's looking to his agent going, probably something along the lines of, who on earth is this donut? Uh, do you know what I mean? And it was like, I even sang a song with, oh, about him within the nutdown. So it was like, I can't, rem- I can't remember. Yeah. And I was dancing and that. And honestly, behind the camera is about 40 people looking at me just going, what is it? Some of them had seen Away Days and knew what it was. Mm. Anyway, so I was explaining, I'm going, it's time to keep my nut down. Oosh. And he looks at his, his, his uh, agent and goes, what have I got to say? And he's translating for him. I'm going, this is just not going to work. And he's going, it's time to keep my nut down. And then I said, sorry, one more thing. Can you do the head? And he goes, what does the head thing mean? And his agent went, I have no idea. Let's just work with it. So anyway, I do this long spiel. Deco is lit. You can watch this. It's on YouTube. Stood there. Doesn't move. And I'm like doing this dancing. Deco, what's a legend? He played in the Champions League final. Proper nutty. Look at him. He's looking at me like I'm a weirdo. No idea. Oosh. And he's literally stood there. I'm going, this is going to die on its heart. And then he goes, it is time to keep my nut down. Oosh. And start smiling. I'm like, really? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then after this, I went, nice to meet you, Deco. Thanks a lot. I just left. And it was uh, wow. it was unbelievable. But those stories were just... Same with Hulk Hogan, actually. Um, a similar thing happened. It was like we were there on a on a wrestling launch day. Um, and Hulk Hogan is obviously a huge global name. Yeah, and obviously he, he speaks English. So the, the conversation was, was, was slightly easy in terms of portraying what I wanted him to do. Mm. And he just stood there again. He was sat down. I said, this is a bit of fun. Uh, if you can just say it's time to keep my nut down. Oosh. Okay, and honestly, I was like, "Oh, my. you could hear a pin drop." I was like, "This is this is not going to work. He's going to absolutely hate this." And I was like, "Obviously, you're known as the Hulkamania. If you could growl a bit and go Rah, and just like show your personality," he went, "Okay." And I was like, and I was literally, luckily I was in a room for that in the Soccer M green room. So I did this whole spiel about watching Hulkamania and Ultimate Warrior and him winning Summer Slams and all this. And then I said, he knows what time it is. As I said that, he like ripped his shirt and it's time to keep my nut down. Oosh. And I went, oosh. And then he went, oosh. And then he went, rawr. And I went, rawr. And there's a place where me and him were just gurning and the energy level was so high. And I was like, rawr. He goes, oosh, oosh. And, and then we went, we paused. I went, thank you so much, Hulk. That's great. And then he went back and went, okay, brother, cheers. Can I go now? And he just walked out. And I was like, wow. but the pers- his in front of camera persona was incredible. Wow. But the, the explaining those situations, mate, you know, I'd go to museums and 
I'd ring up and say, I'm doing this lighthearted feature to promote the city. Uh, so would, would we be able to come in uh, and promote it as part of the tour? So I think mm-hmm. people would think, oh yeah, they're promoting. And actually, to be fair, we did have some people going, I've been to Nottingham and I went to, you know, Sh- Sherwood Forest or I went yeah. there because I'd seen it. So they, there was yeah. good promotion for it, but I'd sell it in a way like, can we do this for, you know, and I'd rock right. up and th- they'd go, so we've got these artifacts. If you want to, if you want to have a look at this and show this off. And I sort of said, what we actually plan to do is sing a song like Dizzy Rascal. And if you could get involved and, <laughs> slow jive with me that would be great (laughs) all right not exactly what we had in mind so it was like i should have in hindsight filmed some of these conversations because people used to look at me like and i you know i was an absolute idiot so i did a lot for my confidence how did you have the bottle to do it though to do the 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 sketches and stuff it's a comedy character isn't it so it's very like what's it what am i trying to say like elaborated it's very um yeah out there yeah Yeah. You, you obviously did you always have an ambition to be in the media and, and be in Good question, really. When I was working as a runner, I was sort of shadowing directors, camera ops. I didn't necessarily want to be a presenter. Oh, really? That's um, I sort of did a bit bit of everything. But then when I started presenting and started doing the interviews, that was when I realised that was where my passion was. I was right. like, wow, this is a real buzz. So, but were, you, were you quite an extroverted kid then? Quite no, I was really shy and quiet. So and, that's what I mean. Yeah, then. So yeah. How yeah. really, really shy like and quiet as a kid. Uh, yeah, quite shy. And then as I sort of, I suppose, because I was quite small and you know had glasses or braces didn't really fit in at school mm. but then as I grew up 16 17 had a growth spurt and was more com- comfortable and confident then I suppose I did become more confident within right. that so in answer to your question the early days of away days were quite hard because you're explaining it mm. after sort of season one people had then seen it and knew and then it got yeah. to the point where people were actually saying oh can you come to our museum can you come here and actually wanted to be involved so that right. was that was really nice and also we also always did it in a very friendly light-hearted way yeah you know even Deco afterwards just like that was fun i enjoyed that okay. you know what i mean and, yeah, yeah. and some of the stuff with players we do it would be you know a lot of them would do media day and very serious very serious stuff and doing something a bit light-hearted they're quite liked yeah. so and people would see it so yeah it, it got easier as it, as it went on but yeah, some of the conversations stories. we had were like, would you ever go up to them in character or would you always explain before great question that yeah it, it used to so sometimes when we're in in the high street and i'd, I'd be getting um um a lot of what i did was like singing random songs to song lyrics um like there was you know, there was like a, a shop in Chesterfield that sold soles for shoes on the market stores. They only sell soles. So I was like, what would be funny is if I go there and get someone to go, I've got souls, but I'm not a soldier, and lift up the souls. But I said, it's better if a random does it. So I'd go up to, you know, 40 year old, 50 year old woman going, do you mind being in, in this sketch? But I'd be dressed as Frankie and I'm saying, you don't have to. What do you want me to do? Well, can you just hold up this soul and sing it? And it's so much funnier seeing a random person yeah. looking at camera awkwardly yeah. Yeah. because the, the the members of the public are so funny at doing it deadpan because yeah. I'm, I'm well, portraying a character. And then like, yeah. So what was really funny is we would get normal members of the public singing random songs. You know, there was a museum I went to that had a grime exhibition and it was like, um, I think it was like, it was like a geographic museum and the grime was like a, a, a I don't know what it is. I'm not, not knowledgeable in geography, but it was it was on grime and soils and things like that mm. and, 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 and whatever. And I said, this is a grime museum. Do you want me to talk about it? And the woman said, uh, you know, what do you want me to talk about? I said, really funny if I got you to sing Dizzy Rascal. I'm just a rascal because yeah. it's a grime museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was like, just absolutely brilliant because she just said, I go, she knows what's coming. She went, I'm just a rascal. And then she looked at the camera in the pause and went, <laughs> Dizzy Rascal, but the way she said it, that kind of song that was so funny, and I just went, love it, proper nutty, and she went, yeah, and then we used to hold it 
for that awkward pause yeah, to make. Yeah, yeah. So the members I used to find the the general members of the public were funnier than I was doing it. Right. So, but it's a great question because yeah, I did used to go up to them in character and just sort of say, look, you don't have to do this, but this is it. But then some people would say, oh yeah, my son and my daughter have seen that. Yeah, right. well, that's cool. And it got to the point where we had a sound man, a legendary sound man, Tom Jeffs. I'll shout him out. What a guy because he would. We got to one shoot and we, we, we it was it was enjoyable, but we'd have to squeeze a lot into a day because you'd go to so many different locations. You know what it's like setting cameras up and lighting. It was quite a long day. Mm. Um, and he said, I haven't eaten in a while. I reckon I could eat a burger in 10 seconds. I'm that hungry. So I went, <laughs> can we film that? He went, if I can get a burger, we can film it. So I just said... Like literally, it, it was so random away. As I would go, random cutaway of my sound man Tom Jeffs attempting to eat a burger in under ten seconds. Go, and he'd be noshing this burger, and people loved it. Yeah. So then got to the point where he messaged me, going, "Mate, I've been out cycling because he loves cycling." Someone said, "You're the guy that ate the burger on the." You know, you get these cult yeah. um, ledgers. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to the point where I said, "Could we? Could we?" Um, take it further it got so crazy that he used to buy protective sound equipment for his because he was the actual sound man on the shoot to wrap around and i would go random cutaway of my sound man attempting to eat 10 cans of baked beans in five seconds he would literally have 10 tubs of baked beans and he would just tip it over his nut just for comedy value and he went no and he'd go oh, like that and people just used to love it so it was, it was so random and i was like are you sure he wants to do this he's like yeah man, i love it so we're gonna get you to start doing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we. He became a a legend. People would be like, it got to the point as well. I'd request Tom, and I'd be like, we have to have Tom Jeff, the sound man, to do this. Not just because he is a very good cameraman. I'm working with him next week, actually, but because it was like, I can't ask another sound man to tip ten cans of baked beans over their head because it's not fair. Whereas he loved it. Do do you think doing the Frankie Fryer stuff? It's so so out there, and you have to have a lot of confidence to do it. Do you think? Although you do footballer interviews now um, as yourself, and you're very good at it. Thank you. Do, do you think that doing this silly character gave you the confidence to now, which, which you can now? Yeah, it's, a, it's a really good question that actually, because I'd, I'd never actually thought of that. Because I was a lot of what I was doing on Soccer M there was the sort of I don't want to say comedy because I'm, I'm I'm not. A- comedian of course it was a light-hearted entertainment um and obviously now i do although what i would say i do serious player interviews but a lot of what i do do with players is light-hearted fun features mm-hmm. tailed towards the youtube social younger generation audience yeah. i think people quite like to consume because yeah. it's a bit yeah. different from the norm but in terms of giving me confidence yeah definitely i definitely had a lot of moments in that in my career looking back you know doing baby elvis as a 17 year old being told to appearing you know the first time to appear on tv is in an elvis costume is quite mm-hmm. random doing frankie fryer and the sketches um and doing live elements to that as well was wow presenting the show having never done auto cue and an earpiece live there was a lot of sink or swim moments looking back on my career that mm. probably have given me a lot of confidence because i wouldn't say i was a particularly confident guy back then right um so yeah, probably has actually. Yeah. What's would, what would you say has been your greatest interview to date? Whether that oh. means your performance, how how you were, or the person, the interviewee. It's a, yeah, tough one. Um, there's quite there's a few that spring to mind. I'm very lucky to interview a lot of sort of huge names. The one that stands out is Jurgen Klopp. I did an interview with Jurgen Klopp where we were asking him some of the most searched questions on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, yeah, yeah it was, really it was, good. it was, thank you. And I appreciate it. It was one of the first of its kind in terms of like, we do a lot of like, I do like lies now, for instance, yeah. we do fan Q and A's. I do, I do a lot of lighthearted quiz elements with players. Now I've done stuff with Vardy where there's buzzers and we're, we're jumping around. I've done stuff where players are dancing, singing, singing initiations. So mm-hmm. it's more common now, uh, but that was probably one of the first, 
different light-hearted interviews I've done. The premise was I sat down with Jurgen and he'd answer some of the most searched questions. So it was like, is Jurgen Klopp on Fortnite? And you go, no, I'm too old for this shit. And things like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, how do you contact Jurgen Klopp? And he goes, the best way is not. And talking about his teeth and he's going, it's not like I saw Bobby Firmino's teeth and said, I want them. <laughs> I mean, he goes, I used to like playing Atari and I'm sat there. He goes, it is tennis with a stick. And I'm sat there going, this is gold dust what yeah, I'm getting yeah. because it was so different. Yeah. And I had a really nice email, a message from the press officer after saying, of all the stuff we've done, Jurgen really enjoyed that. And yeah. he says, you know, it, it, and it did really well, got really well received and it was pushed by the wider business. So that for me was one of the standout moments because it was one of the first interviews we did that was a bit different right. with a massive name. It was like the week or it was like the month before the Champions League final. And then we did Pochettino soon after and Liverpool oh, wow. and Tottenham were the finalists. So yeah. we kickstarted that feature with two huge names. Yeah. And what was great is they bought into it because, you know, you're going there asking about, teeth about you know Atari does he play Fortnite mm. you know growing up and re but really interesting lifestyle stuff and we found mm. a lot out about him that he hadn't previously said and a lot right. of and Liverpool fans absolutely loved it but the feedback we had was a lot of fans that even didn't weren't Liverpool fans enjoyed the content yeah. as well yeah, yeah. so I've, that to me would be a standout moment and because the feedback we had was quite nice and I, I thought wow there's it opened mm. me up to how it different kind of interviews can be perceived mm. if that makes sense I, I, I love it I watch I watch all the stuff the lies I watch the um, what was Saturday Saturday Social yeah. Saturday Social I watch that I watch it when I'm hungover do you and I just lay on the sofa and I just consume as much of it as I can it's good fun I find that what like what you're great at with, with content like that like asking Klopp sort of Stuff that's not about football, yeah, different yeah. stuff. Mm. This is what we love doing on the podcast, yeah. and I feel like these these guests they like talking about different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're probably asked about Liverpool season and that so often, and that is a big part of your job. And yeah. there's definitely a market for it, obviously. Mm. But to hear Klopp even mention the game Fortnite is, yeah. is is funny in itself. Yeah, so I think you're really good at it, and other people who are good at it as well. Like I think Tubes is really yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree because yeah. he can. He just people the big names in football just just warm to him so much yeah. like Robbie Knox is a good interviewer as well and yeah so there's a that that soccer AM show they do throw up a few gems don't yeah they? no oh, I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd agree and I think it's um it's interesting you saying that how you consume it and stuff but that the, the Jurgen Klopp one for me was yeah that's probably one of my standard interviews but also one of my favourite because afterwards it was just like we were talking about films within it and stuff and he, he likes thrillers and I was like oh, so do I and ones with the storyline. Um, and he starts speaking about prison. We were talking about films anyway within the interview, and I just afterwards said, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? And expecting him to either go yes or no. He was basically on his way to his press conference as well, by mm. the way. And he went, no, show me it. I went, okay. Thinking he'd, you know, usually after an interview, especially with the manager, they've got places to be, they're very busy. Um, I go, show me it. I goes, there must be a trailer. I went, well, yeah, there is. So I, I'm on my YouTube app, and I'm showing Jurgen Klopp the trailer to Shawshank Redemption. He doesn't just watch the first 30 seconds. He watches the whole Shawshank and goes, you're right, it looks good. And he points to the press officer and went, we should watch that tonight. So I'm like, this is just, it was just so no random and so funny. And I'm like, he's got a press conference to go to. And the yeah. reason he might, I don't know if he was late or not. I don't think he was, but if he was late, the reason was because I I'm showing him Shawshank Redemption yeah. on his phone. But there's there's loads of random moments where I've thought, wow, what I've got someone to do. You know, I've got Antonio Conte to sing his initiation during an interview. You know, Klopp talking about what song? his teeth. Um, just what, just one cornetto, I think it was. The Italian. Oh, just one cornetto. I think it was that. It was an Italian song. But he started singing it. You know, Jürgen Klopp talking about his teeth. I've, I've, I've talked... Uh, Thomas Tuchel Cockney rhyming slang I mean some of the stuff that I've done has been very very random but yeah. it's um, it, it's 
I think it's quite good because like you made a great point. I think a lot of what you see with players and managers is quite repetitive because it has to be. You have to get the team news, you have to get injury news and all of that. I think mm-hmm. when they're doing something a bit different, mm. um, they sometimes give a little bit more because yeah. Uh, yeah. it's enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah, I have done some random some random so interviews with, with some random people. It, who Who's quite intimidating, not in a negative way, but like you walk into the room, who's like, oh, it's, it's them. Like. Yeah, ooh, another good, good question, mm. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I interviewed Pep Guardiola, I was definitely like, wow. and again, you know, really went well, had a, had a, had a good experience with him, but I, I was definitely like, wow, that's Pep Guardiola. Mm. Like in terms of the awe of him, like player, manager, like legend, mm. I definitely felt that legendary straight status vibe. Right. Aura from him. Do you right. know what I mean? Is, it, is he, what's he like off camera? Is he a nice guy? It was, yeah, it was one of them where I wasn't with him too long. It yeah. was, it was in there. A lot of these times you literally get a 10, 15 minute access. Yeah. So it's very rare afterwards they stick about to watch a trailer of Shawshank Redemption, for instance. <laughs> That's why it sticks in my mind. But I didn't have loads of time with Pep. Right. Yeah. Um, so the interview was good. We spoke, got on well, but yeah. Other than that, I've only met him for a 10-minute period, so to Fair speak. If, if you had to pick a five-a-side team oh. of players or managers, but not based on their skills, based on just how lovely they are as a person. Oh, good question. Who, um, who, who, would you, who would you put in there? And you haven't got to do positions. I just basically just want a not, list of five. Shuming San is a lovely guy. I bet. Lovely guy. I yeah. Bet. Um, he seems so nice in interviews. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he yeah. Is, and he's just lovely off camera, exactly what he's like. Humble like, guy. say things like, was that okay afterwards? And yeah. just re- really shake the hands with everyone. They're like, lovely, lovely no, guy, yeah. Sonny. Um, I would stick Thomas Tuchel in there as well, yeah. just wow. because he was really good. And I was asking him about, again, that interview, asking him about his modelling career, because he's done a bit of modelling, is learning Cockney rhyming slang. And <laughs> he was, again, someone afterwards that just had a lot of time with me and was asking a lot of questions about me. And I always think, why does Thomas Tuchel care about me? Little mm. old me mm. sort of thing. But um, had a really good experience with Thomas Tuchel. I'll put Klopp in there just because of the... Can I put two managers in there? Is that yeah. a bit yeah. random? Yeah. 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 Put Klopp well, in there just because of the, um, yeah. the randomness of the day. Klopp, Tuchel, Sonny... Um, I've worked with a lot of the England boys. I've got to stick um, one of the England guys, Declan Rice. Yes, what a boy. Lovely. You must have worked with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really yeah. nice guy. What's that for? Mm. There's someone obvious that I'm missing here. There must be someone obvious that I'm missing here. Uh, Declan Rice, definitely. Declan gets it, doesn't he? He gets the like the modern, like the, the YouTube content, yeah. but he gets mm. it. Yeah. He can come in and talk about football formations, tactics, yeah. Yeah. and he can also come in and talk about what meal deal he's buying yeah. and shit yeah. like that. I've got to say, a lot of the England boys actually are brilliant, and I think they're so good with... Um, with everything they do, so yeah. it's it's really tough to pick one England player to be honest, because they're all they are all um, they yeah. are all brilliant. Um, I'm trying to think who else I'm sticking there: Declan Rice, Thomas Tuchel. It's a random team, this isn't it? Klopp, <laughs> Sonny, um, Eberichi Eze is a lovely guy. Oh, really? Lovely, all lovely. lovely. Yeah, he's he's unreal. Yeah, he is. Unreal. Unreal. I did an interview with him, and online one, he was like, I mean, like one minute late, which is you know nothing. Mm. He was like, he apologised for being a minute late, and was wow. just so lovely and sincere and polite. Yeah. And just to re- and I think he's got a massive future. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Massive. He's future. so young as well. I love yeah. hearing these stories. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. some misconceptions of footballers that they Definitely, don't have yeah. character and yeah. they don't. But like, I reckon ninety nine percent of the footballers mm. I've been lucky to work with have just been lovely guys. Yeah, I've never had yeah. like I've never had a bad experience in terms of like some, mm. I've had times like my phone went off with David Ginola or mm. you know issues with. The, the shoot itself if the sound is an issue but I never have an issue with I've really not got on with that person or mm. and it is it's a really good point you make there are persona with certain people but it's mm. like you know it, until you meet that person I don't think you should have a judge uh, until no. you've, you've you've met that person Musa Dembele actually was a love, lovely yeah. bloke when I yeah. he made a point of shaking hands with I think it's something Poch installed or, or um, 
one of the managers there, but shaking hands of like everyone in the room. That's mm, nice. Really nice. Yeah. Noble, Noble did that. I did yeah. a sport bible thing with him, and yeah. he came in. He shook hands with everyone yeah. when he arrived and everyone yeah. when he left. Nice touch. Yeah, I think your well, interviews do show that other side of players as well, because I think you can like Thomas Tuchel. I would think is a really serious guy. Mm. Yeah. Until I watch. Do you know what I mean? Until yeah, I watch the, the interview of you. The sideline, yeah. yeah. And then he shows like a softer, more humorous side. Mm. It is really good. I think it's the benchmark as well. I think a lot of people are taking inspiration from what you've been doing, like clubs and doing more casual, like, yeah. like humorous Format, things. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And like Soccer AM, going back to that real quick, that was so before its time as well. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah, it was. all them segments that they do on there, that's, that's, what Theo Baker does now. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? That's yeah, what yeah. Chris yeah. MD does. Yeah, and I'm not for bad mouth and them boys. <clears throat> them boys are at the top of their game. Yeah, but yeah. they're taking challenges that Soccer AM did yeah. 10, 15 years mm. ago and bringing it to a new audience. So 100%. it really was ahead of its time in that respect, yeah. wasn't it? Now, talking of footballers, um, you were kind enough to, like I said earlier on, give me some prompts of... Yeah, you asked me for... It was, it was tough. It's a lot I've forgotten, actually. You asked me for some mm. prompts and stories, didn't you? And stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you can take this pass, right? This is a pass. Right, take okay. that. Yeah. That is a name drop pass, right? right. <laughs> you are allowed to say. Rattle off some of the biggest, biggest names. Because didn't you say to me... <laughs> this is crazy. Right? <laughs> did that I? You, did, what? That you was in a room... With Messi twice. Yeah, what? you know what? I've been in a I've been in a room with Lionel Messi twice, <laughs> and I haven't had a photo or anything. Uh, one was uh, I had a pitch side pass for an El Clasico, so I went to Real Madrid Barcelona, wow. and I was in tunnel what access, and I was help, helping. I was a junior, helping f- like just with facilitating. wasn't doing the interviews, wasn't camera, very just helping, you know, with with moving camera equipment. But mm. had a tunnel pass and a, a pitch side pass. Was sat behind wow. the goal, and I literally opened the door and Messi came through and I was like that's Lionel Messi wow so you've did... held a door for Lionel Messi yeah I, I don't know if it was well yeah no I did yeah, yeah. I literally held the door and he and a lot of other people walked yeah. through it it, wow. it, was, it, was a, it was a big busy double door and, and things like that I then had a chance where I thought I was going out to an interview with him which then didn't transpire and I was in a room with him so long story short I have been in a room with Lionel Messi twice but because I didn't feel it was professional to say can I have a photo mate yeah. which is exactly how I would have asked him <laughs> I haven't had a photo with Lionel Messi who I do believe is the greatest footballer of all time yeah, bar none. Is. What's it, it like to be around him? Just the be is it surreal actually? Yeah. yeah, that was another moment where I was like, "This is Lionel Messi." Mm. You know, Smithy's not allowed to meet him anymore because he went. Can you say, "Get your nut down, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get out"? <laughs> yeah. So you want more name drops, do you? Yeah, yeah. go on. Uh, Messi would be one. Kevin Hart, obviously, oh, he came wow. on. Um, yeah, did a few. I've interviewed him actually before, and he came on Soccer M back in the day. Uh, I'll tell you what I was massively buzzing with meeting was The Rock. He was also a guest. And I, I, a massive, re- mm. I should say was, because I'm not 14 <laughs> yeah. anymore, but I do still like wrestling, if yeah, I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, massive wrestling fan and huge. I mean, he's massive now. He's massive as a wrestler now, but he's mm. one of the highest grossing actors I, I yeah. think he's I've read prob- in the last He's probably like two top 10 years. famous people in the world. Do you at think? The I think? Yeah, I probably. I think he is highest earning actor. Yeah, he was That's for yeah. one year, Crazy. definitely. Yeah. So The Rock I'd put in there, um, Kevin Hart. Messi, I sound a bit of an idiot doing this tonight. No, no we, we no, made this is ins- no, this Noel is Gallagher. Sick. I love Noel Gallagher music. No wise. way. Uh, and I've, I've been um, lucky to, and I've interviewed him quite a few times. Mm. So Noel will be there. Gaza, again, someone that was sort of just caught the glimpse of his end growing up and mm. uh, meeting and working with Gaza. I mean, I'm hosting a night with Gaza actually in a few weeks and things like that. Man. When I just think, wow, I'm working what with Gaza. Yeah. yeah. And he was yeah. someone that was. I'd never dreamed to be working with. I've interviewed so, Gazza and that was, a real, that was yeah. a real career yeah. highlight for me, that. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. what a, what a man i just remember i think i told it before but we got we get to get to the studio yeah all the car parking spaces are gone so we're on this side london street they said just park in the middle of the road it'll be fine yeah right? and we're people are only coming down for this anyway so i park there feel a bit awkward about it but go in come back out to get something from my car i've not met paul at this point. yeah and um he's leant up against my car just smoking a cigarette blowing <laughs> right. smoke up into the air <laughs> yeah. and i just hear his like agent this lady she goes Paul, you can't just do it on. You can't just do that on someone's <laughs> car. He went, ah, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Where's he from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I came out. I was like, he can do whatever. Have yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take the fucking car. Stop that cigarette out on the bonnet if you want. Like, what a man. Yeah. What a man. So Harry Kane. Yeah, I've been I'm yeah. lucky enough to have interviewed, wow. work with Harry Kane on quite a few occasions. Actually, I do a bit of work with with Tottenham and with England and stuff. And mm. yeah, a, another great guy. Actually, does mm. loads of stuff for charity and various causes. And re- really, really good guy. And obviously, as a Spurs fan, um, absolute legend for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Probably the best player to ever pull on a Spurs shirt. Mm. And God, he's gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate. The Spurs when you, when you interview Spurs players, does does that feel a bit different to you then? Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does because I'm like you know fan and stuff. Yeah, and it's amazing to get those opportunities where with Sky and with Tottenham that you get to interview and work with a lot of your heroes. Mm. I, I, n- I never, ever take that for granted. No. I always feel very lucky. You know, I feel I've worked hard to get there, but always take that for granted that mm, yeah. you're in a room with with some of those people. So, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think who else would be on that list, but certainly there there are a few few names. that um, to, Yeah, De Bruyne, interviewed him. Yeah. Not yeah, even... Guy. No, if Pep Guardiola. He's not even, like, come to your mind on the list. Uh, no, with, KDB, with footballers, mate. With footballers, oh my obviously God. I interview them weekly, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of them. I'm trying to think of non-footballer guests that I've met, like like the Kevin Hart's, the entertainment... Uh, Usain Bolt I've met as well. No way. Yeah, that was a, a, a launch, a, just a launch event. But I, I didn't interview him. So I, it's, it's weird. When you get to work with them, you, I, I feel like I get a bigger buzz right. doing that because... You're working with them rather than just having a Pele is another one, but again, that was sorry, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah sorry. By the way, Pelle. if anyone's yeah. just listening, yeah. that was I've been asked to do this. I'm not just going, going to come on your pod and name check everyone. But Pele was an example where I got invited to a launch night to something, and I just w- w- was a guest that then had a photo with him. Right. It wasn't like I was in a work capacity with him. Yeah. So you know, I, I didn't. You know, some of the other guests that you said, like Noel Gallagher, I've interviewed and worked with. I haven't actually interviewed. Pele, but Still I have been in a room with him. him. Yeah, so it is mad actually that um, he didn't spring to mind <laughs> straight away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would never be one of the, yeah. well, to probably top three football players ever to yeah. play the game. Did I say Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I haven't met them. I believed it. <laughs> I believed oh, I love it. it. Mate, it's, it's actually um, quality as well because you are. At the top of your game, you're across everything. You're, well. you're very, very good at what you do. That goes without saying. And you strike me as somebody who still has a love for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you I still do, yeah. absolutely love it, and you appreciate what what you have as well. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I'm nowhere near your sort of level. But when I go to West Ham and do bits with the players, I am still that 11 year old kid at Upton mm. Park. In but my, why do you like, say you're nowhere near it? Because I would look at you and like your podcast and what you've built up in YouTube and go what you've built up from the ground up is an incredible skill set and I think a lot of people don't re- really realise and respect that like starting a YouTube channel from zero or a podcast like that that is an incredible talent what mm, you've done I appreciate that so, so why do you not look at that in the same level as I, I, no I guess I'm, I'm, I'm content but I just think like you're very professional like your interview skills are 
top notch. Like I, I, I will, I'll lean back in my chair and talk about crisps. Like, and I know, <laughs> I know that's the uh, that's, that's the, the best joke. bit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see myself as like an interviewer. I see myself right, as okay. like yeah. literally someone who's good at chatting. Whereas yeah. you are super professional. Like the way you handle auto cue, like earpiece. That's another thing as well. But, did, but what I would say is at the start, I wasn't great at that. You, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm this amazing presenter. Like at the start, you think that gets better mm. with experience. The first time I read auto cue, you're literally reading it and concentrating on the words like that and mm. it's I don't think I was very good the first time I did it right. I don't think anyone is really if I'm honest first time I had earpiece in it was like there's a real skill and for those that don't know when you're in a live environment and a lot of the shows like Saturday Social is a live show you'll have producers directors talking to you while you're having a conversation and you're listening with the other ear in the so live hard. and it is a skill set knowing well for them when when to talk but yeah. also to to consume two conversations at the same time excuse me but the first time i did live football for sky a good few years back um that that was in a studio you wear a soft earpiece because there's not a lot of background noise Mm -hmm. when you're in a stadium you wear hard earpieces which is basically ones that fit in your whole ear completely right so you can't hear anything yeah first time i ever used a hard i was like oh i can't hear anything at all and it was a bit of a strange culture shock for me Mm. so i used to say well i'll have one ear open and one ear like that and the floor manager was like what most presenters do is have both ears hard and then they will they will tune in the the guests that are with you and the studio that, that it'll all come through okay. your ears. Oh, that makes right. sense. But yeah. I'd never done two ears together. So the first time I'd ever done live football, I was like, no, what I'll do is I'll have one ear in if that's okay. And he was very respectful when it's your personal preference, every presenter's different. Mm. What realised, we did the rehearsal when the stadium's empty, absolutely fine. You then come live on air, this is mm. for I think it was an under-21s game, first... Uh, live football I did two or three years ago and amazing to get the opportunity to do live football what a buzz that is by the way mm. um, rehearsal's fine could hear them fine hear them fine what I didn't factor in was 10 minutes before half an hour before kickoff when you come on air the stadium's full it is rammed the music's playing so obviously just before we go on air I just turn my earpiece up as loud as you can so what I've got to hear them I've got one hard earpiece as loud as you can have it on like audio level 8 yeah. and then I'm literally struggling to hear them so it wasn't until I just realised that's why he says I have two earpieces yeah, on right. so you can hear them so because of the noise I'm struggling to hear the gallery and I'm struggling to hear them yeah. went okay it was yeah. fine but when, when I took my earpiece out this ear is ringing so much it's like getting on a tube home and listening to to like heavy metal full volume in yeah. one ear yeah. so I've got one ear ringing like this and the other not wow. so I was like well that's a bit of a so then what I did was to counteract the ringing in one ear I put the other earpiece in my other ear and just turned the volume up so that I was like <laughs> at least it balances it out which is not great advice but again wow. it's the first time you do it and obviously yeah. now yeah. I know I'll wear two earpieces yeah. if, I do, if I'm at the stadium <laughs> wow no that's what I mean you're a pro whereas yeah. I, I'm the first time I had that in ear thing that was at that sport bible thing was it? actually and they asked me if I'd they'd asked me on an email pro, Previously, if I'd ever had it, I was like, "Yeah, of course I have." <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, I need the gig, yeah, so yeah. yeah, of course I have. And then I rocked up, and was it was it was tricky, but yeah. you did like anything, you pick it up, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. Now, Smithy, before we wrap up, mate, yeah, I just want to talk a bit about you're 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 an ambassador for um, type one diabetes. JDRF. Yeah, so right. JDRF is the biggest type one diabetic charity uh, in the UK. So yeah, I, I, I'm a type one diabetic. So. Got diagnosed about eight nine years ago now, um, and how old were you then? Well, I've been was I twenty nine then, so late twenties then. I got yeah, really yeah, uh, twenty nine around that sort of age anyway. Yeah. But long story short, um, I was uh, quite unwell very quickly, and bizarrely, I'd went for full blood tests about six months earlier for something else. Yeah, and one of them they, they took was uh, my blood glucose reading, and it was fine. Then I came became ill really quickly. I went to see a doctor. 
And part of it, because I was really gaunt, I was my face was really ill. What was this Looked, over? So the, this this period of you getting poorly. What, what, yeah. What was the time? Well, it wasn't poorly. I was just not myself and very like uh, going to the toilet a lot. Very thin. Lost a lot of weight. Like I was yellow, pale in the face. I look back at photos. And I looked ill rather than being, you know, a, a sore stomach or headache or anything. Yeah. Like, I just I was just ill. Mm. So six months earlier, I was fine. Um, I think I had some some food poison they did some blood tests for and anyway my blood sugar was one of a lot of metrics they measured it was fine Mm -hmm. went to this doctor then a little while later they did my blood sugar and for anyone that doesn't know if you're a non-diabetic your blood sugar range will usually be between four and seven mine was 33 so it was like off the scale uh really got told you need to go to the hospital now was in an ambulance uh got there and it was the worrying thing actually was looking at the paramedic's face and them looking at each other uh, and then when I got to hospital, that uh, and a couple of days later, when I was, you know, in the recovery stage, they did say you you're a week away from a coma here with how high your blood sugar is. Um, so I went in, uh, and then I'd always I'd been in hospitals for like you know various things before, sort of wisdom, minor things, wisdom teeth or sprained ankle or whatever. And I always looked at it where you go in, you have a treatment, and you get better and you leave. This was so different to me uh, mentally because I went in and they after four days they put me on a glucose and insulin drip for four days overnight and they checked my blood sugar, woke me up every two hours in the night and in the day to to check my blood sugar so they knew uh, what was up with me and and what level I'd need to be on. Coming after three days when you can go home, I go, brilliant, that's it, I can go home. I go, can I ask what the situation is? I remember this so vividly like it was yesterday, right? I uh, asked four questions. I said, so so what's up with me? They went, you're a type 1 diabetic, which I, I, I thought of knew from the previous days, but I didn't know what that meant. I said, what does that mean? They went, you're going to have to inject insulin. I said, how often? They went, at least five times a day. I then said, for how long? They went, the rest of your life. And I said, what happens if I don't? And they say, you'll die. You won't survive. So then I was like, wow, it was... It was um, sort of massively information overload, but information you need. Mm. And then the difficulty with type one, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend, you know, it's the worst luck in the world. I've got the worst condition. There's loads of people worse off than me. There's loads of conditions that are worse. The difficulty is the management of it. So you, we have to, any meal I ever eat, I have to carb count and give myself a level of insulin based on the carb that you have. When you eat, bread with Marmite this morning, for instance, <laughs> the carb count is on the loaf. So I know for every 15 grams, it's a unit. There's 30 grams in a Hovis, two slices. That's two units that I inject every time I go out for a meal. So today, my biggest stress coming on the Happy Hour podcast is, are oh, my blood sugars okay before? Have I kept my insulin at a room temperature because I'm in a bag? It's it's 20 degrees outside. Um, I need to bring food with me that's got the carb count on. If you said, do you want to go to the pub after this? I would probably say, can I eat my food first before eating pub food? Because I don't know the carb count ratio of the chips that they use compared to other chips, for instance. So it is a minefield in terms of mentally how much you have to do. And I inject five times a day at least. I have to order medication. I have to have sugar on me. I've got sugar in my pocket now. I've got insulin there. I have to make maintain the temperature of the insulin. So it is a 24-7 job if you like yeah. and the hardest thing for me was there's a real misconception with being type 1 diabetic people go oh I can't believe you've got to inject that must be really hard putting a needle in you like I've never from day one had a problem with putting a needle in me at all like, I've never been scared of that and each their own some people might mm. it's the mental burden that is incredible and I, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it but I was at the time my, my mental health like pl- plummeted mate like the first two years I would be crying myself to sleep um I would be you know ring my mum and my my wife were here you know I had some very bad thoughts and I was in a very dark place mm. then be- because I was I was it was such a mental burden so all the physical side of learning how to carb count I went on a Daphne course which is a week-long dose adjustment for healthy normal eating and you learn about the carb ratio and every food all of that side I was like it's a bit of a ball ache mm. learning all this and every day is 
is stressful and a new challenge, but I can get on board with that. It was the mental side of going to bed, not knowing if your blood sugars are going to crash, like doing an interview. The biggest thing, the biggest stress over anything I do in my life now is what my blood sugar is going to be. You, yeah. you saw me check it on the app that I've got now. Yeah. I had a bit, I had a, a sweep beforehand to make sure my bloods don't go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll glance at my phone sometimes in an ad break to check they're there. So my mental health got so bad. I, I, I had dreadful anxiety brought on by my diagnosis. So I only told close family and friends. Right. Um, I was very stressed that it would affect anything with work and it didn't. Everyone at Sky was absolutely brilliant, by the way. But mm-hmm. I thought, are they gonna, is this going to prevent me progressing because I've got this condition that someone else doesn't? And if there's mm-hmm. two people going for something, might there be a perception that, well, he's got this condition and, and that hasn't been the case and everyone's been brilliant, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, so I, I, I was getting such bad dizziness that I was going to see an ENT specialist. I went to have a brain scan because for the year or two years after my dizziness was so bad, I couldn't get on a train. I had to hold flights of stairs. So I was certain there was something wrong with my brain or something else wrong with me. Anyway, I had all these tests that came back normal. I then saw, I'm not afraid to admit, I had counselling and saw a, a psychologist and they said the anxiety, the, the dizziness that you were experiencing and the vertigo was a direct result of the anxiety that I was suffering, oh, wow. which had been brought on by my diagnosis. Once I knew that, it was a huge weight lifted. Mm. And then I put a post out on social media and s- since then, I had, and you do get a few sad in the time, you do get a few trolls yeah. and what's diabetes got to do with mental health and all this. And even though I think you're 45% more likely to have... Uh, issues with your mental health if you have an autoimmune condition. I think something like that. Yeah. But you do get a few trolls, but generally speaking, the positivity I had was overwhelming. I, I've had some of the deepest message I've ever received from randoms on social about mental health, diabetes, from parents of kids. And I, I, it, the biggest buzz that I get is the charity stuff I do because I always felt when I was diagnosed that there was no one to turn to and that right, was wrong. Right. But, you know, I, I did something with Henry Slade recently. I'm not afraid to admit I'm not really a rugby fan. Mm-hmm. He is a type one diabetic that played in a World Cup final. For me, knowing that a type one diabetic mm-hmm. can do that, Steve Redgrave won five gold medals. Pavard, I think Pavard. Um, I tell you, who has got it. It's Nacho. N- Nacho has it. Oh, oh, oh right. yeah, Nacho. Oh, right. So he's one of the most high-profile footballers that, yeah. that has it. But knowing that someone that it doesn't stop you doing anything was yeah. a big, big like buzz for me. So yeah. I once I got comfortable with it and my mental health improved, I now just want to spread the word and, and I tell my story. I, I wouldn't have been able to, to say this. It's still quite difficult talking about the dark place I was in and my mental health battles and, and everything. But by doing that, if I can help one person, yeah. I think it's worth it. Because by telling my story, I, I have a lot of people reaching out going, thank you for sharing this. Mm. There's a lot of kids that might know who I am as this Z-list celebrity that I am, this, you know, very little person in comparable to some of the names I've mentioned. But mm. if they know who I am and see me on TV and YouTube and have type one, and I've spoken to a lot of parents of stuff that have said, can you send a message? And it, what I want to do with that is make them think that nothing will stop you right. uh, with that condition. Because yeah. when I was diagnosed, a big part of why my mental health was so bad was I thought a part of my life was over yeah. when I was diagnosed and it wasn't, and it hasn't stopped me doing anything. I do look at my life in two parts. And I'd be lying if, if I said oh, I'm anxious of people that can eat anything or don't have to check their bloods or you know, there's complications that, you know, needle might scratch in you. You might have, you know, I've got a part of my leg where I can't inject now because it's so yellow because I inject too much in one spot. There's times when your insulin doesn't work, you, you crash in the night and, and, and you, you, you know, my, my blood crashes and stuff like that. So there are, it is a really stressful condition, but I've got to a point now where I'm very comfortable with it. Mm. I'm comfortable talking about it. And what I would say to anyone listening with that, it hasn't stopped me doing anything in my life. And it's probably made me a better person with it in a weird mm. kind of way. Mm. Cause I've really known to appreciate, it was a really dark time. My nan passed away in a sort of similar four year period. And, uh, another family member was quite ill. I was, I was in a really, really bad place, but it, it, it really gave me a perspective on what's important in life. Like I used to think, 
it's Tottenham lose, it's, it's the end of the world. I'm, I'm still a passionate football fan, but like it, it, it puts a lot into perspective when you go through stuff. And whenever I speak to people that have been through real hardships, a lot of them have, seem to have an amazing outlook on life and, and have a real perspective. So it has given me a real perspective of what's really important. And it's, yeah, I, I can't thank my wife and my mum and people and I get emotional talking about mm. that now, but yeah. Mm. Mate, I just want to say as well, I know I know, I came on your podcast, you do with Calm. Yeah. And um, I just want to say like a huge personal thank you from myself as well, because a couple of years ago, my sister got diagnosed with type one and I came to Sky and I told you about it. And I don't even know if I knew you had it at this point. I can't remember how it came yeah. up. I can't remember, <clears throat> but I told you and you went out of your way to get, and we've known each other a long time. We've not ex- exactly been best mates, right? No, we, just, we knew each other through social. Knew yeah. I don't think we'd met before. Yeah, like probably that. the first time we'd met. Yeah. I told you this. You got my sister's number. You called her up. You had an hour-long f- conversation with her when she was in a dark place mm. as well. That was something that I can hold my hands up and admit. I don't think I and me and my family were there for her as much mm. as we should have been because of the misconceptions yeah. around it, because we didn't understand. She recently told me years after now, I think she's diagnosed, she just had her anniversary of it, I think it's four or five years. Yeah. And um, she said that she was so depressed at the time because her whole life had changed. She yeah. thought she'd never get back to feeling as normal Same as, as me. she was. Yeah, yeah. And we weren't there for us. And I think all my family can admit that. We weren't there for her as much as we should have been because we thought, well, she's out of hospital now. She's on the mend, like mm. you thought. Yeah, at yeah, that yeah, time. yeah. Um, So personal thank you from me for going above and beyond to do that because we live in this world where rightly or wrongly we can sit here we can talk about mental health and how you need to talk about it and be there for people the truth is a lot of people like to say that yeah to look good online <clears throat> and i've probably been guilty of that in the past mm. how many people actually follow that up but you are testament to it you actually were there for it. i know you've helped her so much the respect she has for you is unbelievable because you're a famous person to her as well so to go above and beyond i just want to say thank you for that mate, oh, mate. and the, the way you speak about it um your condition on the on the pod today i think will help a lot of people so no, thanks so how's your sister doing yeah she's doing really well Good. mate she's doing really well you told her about the is it the dexcom yeah dexcom is a, a bit of kit that is just amazing so it, there's an app on your phone that gives you blood sugar every five minutes so that, that's the good thing technology's come a long way but it's, it's a real passion of mine it's like when you it's interesting you say what's the best thing in your career and all that and it's you know, doing all the, the interview and the TV is, is is the biggest passion buzz that I get. But a lot of, you know, talking about mental health, which I struggle with and, and type one, I, I get a real buzz out of, of that. And if I can help one person, like I said, to make them feel better about the condition they're in, mm. then that, that, that hits me differently, do you know? Yeah, 100%. And even now, like, you'll check in with me and her and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, thank you so much, No, mate. pleasure, mate. Uh, this has been an absolute honour and a pleasure to have you on, mate. What's 2023 got left in store Ooh. for Smithy? Yeah, so, st- so still Saturday Social, still doing that each Saturday morning. You can see that on Sky Sports, which is good. A lot of a lot of big player interviews coming up. You'd have to watch and wait and see who I'll be interviewing, but sitting down with a load of big names from Premier League and WSL, of course. Uh, I do a lot of stuff at Wembley, so I'm the sort of match day uh, host for uh, Bobby Moore Lounge. I do a lot of stuff oh. with the FA and stuff, nice. which is good. So I get to be in around uh, a lot of big games at Wembley. And yeah, hopefully a bit more stuff with, with Tottenham England. V- very lucky to do what I do. So Love it. Smashing yeah. it, mate. With yeah. fans from afar. We shall Absolutely, see. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> Thank you to Alfie Absolutely. for filling in for Stevie. Thank you. I cannot. I'm dreading the day you have to pick up a car. <laughs> Never happened, mate. Never happened. This has, been Jack, this has been Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast with Alfie Indra, me, Jack Mate, and Adam Smith, Smithy, Frankie Fryer. One question to finish. We ask all our guests this. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is don't take it too seriously and enjoy every moment whilst you can. 
and get your nut down. Jack Mate's Happy Hour. <laughs>